y'all what's good hope everybody's doing well all right all right still having some sound issues i apologize i spent all day working on them we thought they were resolved it looks like we're still having a few that said glad you guys came out uh, let's see before i get started i want to shout out couple of cash apps that I got between shows um, and I want to start doing that I want to definitely make sure you know I appreciate your support so shout out to Edward and shout out to MLR for the cash apps appreciate that support but like share subscribe join and donate support the show so we can continue to bring you independent black male thought so I appreciate you shout out to Andre chat what's up with Jason what's up Christopher uh, good brother Malika, man. Always good to see you supporting the show. I appreciate you as usual. Shout out to Jason. Pops, what's up? Creative. Barry, uh, dropping information on the show. Thank you very much. Putting all that information out there. Thank you. I'm listening. What's good? Shout out to Passport. What's good, man? Um, appreciate you for picking up the book. I do hope that uh, you enjoy uh, and are able to get something out of it. Um, Go ahead and do the same. 
So if you haven't picked it up, go ahead and pick up Solutions for Anti-Black Misandry uh, by yours truly um, and uh, see where we are in the argument. See what we're putting out there. So support the book. You can pick it up on Amazon. You can pick it up on Rutledge. Pretty much any site where you pick up books is where you can grab that. So please go ahead and support the show. Um, you can also support, of course, on Patreon. You can support on Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. All the information is on the screen. And you can, of course, uh, support by Super Chat. So you know that. Uh, you can become a member right here on YouTube and enjoy some membership perks. Or you can become a patron and or, I should say, a patron on Patreon. And you can support the Onyx Report, which is this show. You can also support the Institute um, for Black Male Studies, um, which you just saw a commercial for. Uh, you can become a patron of both. So please consider doing that. And of course, on Patreon, I'll still be doing um, my live uh, film reviews. Uh, so you are privy to those. If you uh, come through at the $10 membership level on Patreon, you can join us for live uh, film reviews and discussions. I think next up, we're going to do uh, American fiction. Uh, so I'll be letting you know when we're going to go about doing that. So make sure you join the Patreon at the $10 level so you can participate, discuss, um, as we, uh, you know, go through films. So support on that level as well. Let me see. Uh, shout out to Ahmed, Ron, Jeremiah. What's up, Aaron? Um, real big boss, Calvin What's good. Um, Larry, appreciate that support already coming through and make sure you guys hit the like button if you can't do anything else, but if you can, please make sure you send uh, some type of support. Shout out to Jake. Says the new 18 point black political agenda, along with Ice Cube's plan, should be presented to all politicians, especially those running for high office. Well, and most particularly if they want blackmail votes. And I was just telling a good brother of mine before the show. The thing about this is, you know, there are plenty of black men who've never, you know, obviously heard of the new 18 point uh, political blackmail political agenda. And it's going to be a process because black men. We've never really had a list of political interests. We never, you know, our interests were always community wide. Um, we were not prepared for black women to operate independently of us as their own demographic, which is something they appropriated from white feminists. We weren't prepared for that. Many of us are still operating with the civil rights, black power model. And what I'm, and the reason I bring those two, uh, you know, movements out, even though one, you know, they, they're related, one can, one can argue that one evolves from the other, but they do have their differences. But I bring them together in that moment to say, at the very least, black men operating in either one of those movements, ideologically, politically, so on and so forth, made the assumption that, you know, there was a, a connection. There was a, a, a substantial oneness with black women as far as our political outlook. But it's not until you get to the 80s and it begins to snowball from there that you see that black women have developed their own political platform. And it's nothing wrong with having, you know, unique interests, but it has evolved from that. It has gone beyond. We need a couple of things that, you know, are distinct to women, like breast cancer policy or something of that nature. It has evolved into a whole platform, a platform that operates independently of men. And it's really only been in, in this last five years or so that I think black men have been coming to terms with the fact that there is a much larger goal politically that's developing now, obviously in terms of voting practices, black men and women still vote majority Democrat, but the gulf I think is widening and men are starting to talk about, um, differences and the lack of support from the very women that are advocating 
uh, for policies that are unique to themselves. And then this I talk about as the black masculine's turn. And I think there are many moments that we've seen this. Obviously, Ice Cube and the Cocktails with Queens, that discussion was one of the pivotal moments. Uh, the death of Kevin Samuels is another pivotal moment. But these kind of moments that we've, we've been seeing in media and in pop culture, where this this difference, this gulf is, is widening in many ways. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But that's the reason for the 18 point black male political agenda. It's a discussion about what unique policies would benefit black men. And this, as this is something that most black men have not been taught to think about in this way, it's going to be a process for many to understand. But I'll tell you this, the majority of brothers that I run across who find the list and read through it, regardless of their political camp, usually find something in it that they come to value, something directly related to their lived experience. You know, again, from hardcore conservative to uh, hardcore revolutionary, what I tend to find is if they've had any kind of life experience, they tend to find that there's something in that list that speaks to something they value that has not been advocated for, right? So this is why um, you know, my show is not really, you know, focused on any one political parties because I'm advocating for black men and boys. And that said, we're going to look for policies that help advance and improve the quality of life, for black men and boys. Right? Shout out to creative. Um, is, is this a social shame slash ostracization list like the sex offender registry? If so, it will be highly effective. Yeah. It, it will, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Jaguar Archery was good. Clutch and Stick was happening. Sun God, what's up? Ghetto User, always good to see you. PR Frank, what's going on? Beef King. Uh, Hootsie, Hashim, what's up? Uh, Queen Khalil, how you doing, lady? Hope you're well. Uh, Dr. Thompson in the house, what's good? Hope you're well. I uh, appreciate you coming through. Compassionate, what's happening, man? Boost. Let me see. Uh... Indigo, what's going on? Salty Balls, what's up? Artisan, always good to have Artisan in the house. Y'all make sure you support the Artisan MC channel, most particularly at 11 o'clock Pacific, Sunday mornings. Uh, check out his reflections on mostly pop culture, but don't get it twisted. He's going to drop a lot of life insight on you in the midst of all that. So support the Artisan MC channel. Um, you know, go ahead and do that. GC, what's going on? Grab second gear. What's up? All-star Spain, man. What's happening? Let's see. Got BGS in the house. Shout out to BGS. Talked to the brother most of the day uh, yesterday. Gave me a lot of good insight. Helped me get my system uh, going, which is much better than it was. But apparently I still have some. Um, some of those. But some of those uh, EC updates are kind of jacking up my system. So there's a lot of stuff coming through that are that's unexpected. Um, yeah, but appreciate that support ghetto user. Dr. Thunder in the house. What's good, man. Support the Dr. Thunder channel. You know, yep. Says third party. Let's go. Real talk. AB media. Shout out to AB support the AB media channel. Check him out. Uh, let's see. Okay. Art Neustel in the house. I'll make sure you support the Art Neustel channel. Um, yeah, and everybody I mentioned, you know, definitely go ahead and put your channel links in there. Let people find you. Big discussions. What's good, Doc? Hope you're well. We got a interview we're going to be doing on his channel Monday. So make sure you support Big Discussion 76. And he just did a very special episode looking at um, 
synthetic weed. So make sure you check out Big Discussion 76. All right. What's up, Douglas? You know, <laughs> Douglas in the house. Now, this is going to be important. If you're not familiar with Douglas, uh, you know, this is going to be important for you because this is actually uh, a show that he initiated in many respects, right? So Douglas is, or at least I think he's still the senior VP of the National African-American Gun Association. But this brother, um, has, he actually came up with the self-defense initiative uh, on the black male political agenda. But he also came up with the one we're going to cover today. So shout out to Douglas. I uh, hope you're good, good brother. You, you're going to be honored today. So hopefully uh, I do you some justice. Uh, Dr. Smith, what's good, man? Dr. Smith, I'm going to tell you, man, when you have brothers that that, that call you or, or or text you on your sabbatical and say, hey, man, are you are you doing your work? You can't do nothing but appreciate that, man. Especially when you, you, your feet are kicked up and you're bullshitting and your boy's like, look, man, you need to be working. I'm like, man, I appreciate that. So shout out to Dr. Smith. LXST, what's going on? Chaos, what's good with you? Uh, go ahead and put your link in there, Chaos. Chaos Rain Show. Y'all check out Chaos's work. Um, you know, again, if I shouted you out, make sure you definitely put your link in. Shout out to Chef Mike. What's good, Chef Mike? Yeah. I'm trying to get there, man. I'm trying to get there. I got a spaghetti recipe I want to throw at you. So I want to see what you if you can add some insight to it. But shout out to you, man. Y'all support uh, Chef Mike, uh, who's out there cooking up a storm. Let him tell you how to get to him so you can go enjoy his work, which I'm looking forward to. So, all right. Let's get to a couple of things. Uh, we can get this in. Now, first and foremost, you know, we got uh, just two brief things to kind of look at real quick that uh, I think is important. So this will be what you might call a short service announcement. Okay. Now, you know, right now I'm, I'm about at 38,000 subs, so I am pushing to get to 40. Um, so I hope you will support in that endeavor by becoming a subscriber. If you have not already, if you're, especially if you're a listener and you've been coming through for a while, but you don't uh, necessarily have um, access, you know. Um, oh, hold on, there we go. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but if you've been a listener for a while and you're not subscribed, please go ahead and do so. You know, come back through. Uh, you're already here, so support the channel. You know, um, my boys in the chat, uh, you, um, you can give chaos a wrench if you can. Not let me know. But anyway. So just, I wanted to just kind of throw this at you and I'm doing this really because I'm talking to, um, you know, the black male subscribers on YouTube. I want to, I want to kind of put some information out there just so you know, um, the, the channels that you watch most frequently, I want you to know how much work has gone into getting where they are. First point, as you can see up there, and I'll put the links for where I got this information via Google in the description box a little bit later, right? First thing you see up there, it says the exact percentage of YouTube channels with over 1000 subs is only about 8.86%. So less than 10% of YouTube has more than a thousand subscribers, right? So the people, the channels that you watch most, if they are over a thousand, they're part of less than 9%, right? Of YouTube subscribers who actually have built up a channel, right? And then the second bullet, it says, as of 2024, YouTube is the second biggest social media in the world with over 2.7 billion active users. 
So less than 10% of 2.7 billion have over a thousand subscribers. It, it, building, a, building a channel on social media really is a communal act in many respects. It's just a question of finding your community of support. But building a channel out of nowhere by yourself is extremely difficult. It's difficult to be heard. It's difficult to be supported. You see how few people actually successfully do it, right? Continues, it says only Facebook at 3.05 billion has more active users than YouTube. There are 4.95 billion active social media user users worldwide. This means that 54% of active social media users in the world access YouTube. So more than half of all active social media users are on YouTube, right? And less than 10% of them have over a thousand subs. So when you see your favorite channel or one of the channels that you frequent um, doing their thing, make sure you support them. Make sure you get the word out because it's not as easy to build a channel as some would have you believe. A lot of the brothers that, that you've seen on here for years have been putting in an incredible amount of work to get where they are. At least you can do is support them. And as they do so, hopefully they will re you know, uh, uh, reciprocate by representing your interests, making sure they produce content relevant to your interests. So make sure you support them. This is not as easy as it looks. If it was, everybody would be doing it. Right? So it really is on some lottery shit <laughs> for brothers to really, you know, build up a channel. And that doesn't speak to anything about being uh, shadow banned. Right? YouTube uh, can shadow ban you simply because they don't like your approach. And you can grind and grind and, and you know, really be doing it in, in obscurity. So we, we just got to make sure that we support channels that we advocate for so that we can continue to develop and grow. And you have brothers that are actually building careers on social media. So again, it's not easy to do. Just want to make sure you support, right? Uh, so as, as Compassionate says, support black male media, real talk. Okay, I, I think uh, Big Discussions needs a wrench as well. Um, let me see. Uh, I have to pull it up, I haven't. Oh, can I do that on my phone or not? Or pull up the actual show itself have to be what happens all right hmm. okay let me see if i can get you it's like my system is moving in slow motion there it is all right um so go ahead and give all right, let me know. Big uh, doc, Dr. Anwar, you should have wrench. Let me know. Add someone else as a moderator here. All right. Okay, so I think we're on there. Two Triv, what's going on? All right, Davion, what's happening? All right. Let me see. Uh, Compassion says, if only 10% of ch channels have over a thousand, uh, we're not as small as we thought, and it proves we're definitely shadow banned. <laughs> Real talk. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So anyway, so that's the first part. The second part, this is a video sent in to me by uh, 
a supporter, a supporter of the show, a good brother of mine and a subscriber. Shout out to Lewis. Good to see you in here. Um, and this is an interesting kind of moment where you see a, it's a kind of commercial about Black History Month. And I think it gives us kind of sense of where we are, right? Where black men find themselves in regard to this. Now, this happened last year with Black History Month. I noticed that the way Black History Month kind of rolls into Women's History Month, what they decided, decided to do seemingly in popular media is split the difference. So they focused on black women and just kind of followed them from February to March. But this is a brother. So he sent me this. He just recorded it with his phone. So hopefully you'll be able to you know, hear it to the extent you can. But check this out. It's more than a movie. It's more than a moment. It's more than a chapter. It's a story. So you can kind of see that. And yes, it's on Lifetime, but I think it's still interesting in and of itself, right? The removal, the absence. And I had brothers on Facebook that were like, no, I, I saw a black man and he showed up for a second and you have to count that. And I'm just like, if you have to look that hard to find brothers in a commercial that should be, and you know, uh, advocating for the black community, then there's already a problem. So, you know, it is what it is. Right? So you have this kind of absence thing that's taking place. I think people are kind of ignoring, but it's been going on for a little minute. And I don't think it's limited to the Lifetime channel. I pointed out commercials. I've even written about them in the book. Uh, commercials that are, that are that have been coming out for the last number of years. And you see this kind of absencing. I'm going to make up a word there. This absencing of black men. This disappearance in regard to how black men are, visit, are, are perceived. We're conveniently, you know, ignored. Um, and we're, I'm seeing that as something that's growing. So shout out to... Uh, uh, Jellaba, who sent me that video clip, this kind of happened and he managed to grab his, uh, his, you know, camera. I think he was testing it out and the commercial came on and shot it to me. But, uh, kind of what we're seeing, shout out to MLR. See you in there. I just shouted you out a little bit earlier for the super chat you sent through. Appreciate that. Right. Um, let me see. All right. Okay. So we're going to dive into it and just jump into what we're talking about. Let me go ahead and put this on the screen. If you're not familiar, I have been building up and not alone, mind you, I've uh, been a number of people who've contributed to this. As a matter of fact, it's all contributed. I'll explain it as we go, but we've been building up the, um, you know, the, what is now the 18 point blackmail political agenda, uh, since 2020. So it's been four years since we've been developing this. And it is basically a list of policy proposals that black men themselves have written. Um, I have only done the lightest amount of editing on these in terms of, you know, making sure the grammar is correct to some extent or whatever. I don't think it's egregious, but I didn't go through and, you know, reform the ideas. I wanted it to come through as authentic as it had, as it has uh, in terms of the brothers who've written it. So, um, you know, these are all policy proposals sent in by black men themselves. Right? Shout out to MLR for another uh, uh, super chat. Much appreciated. Supporting black male media scholars as usual. Thank you. So as you can see, um, as you can see, as of February 9th, right, we have the now 18 point 
blackmail political agenda. And this can go up to as many points as relevant. It can go as high as it needs to. Uh, it's all about policy ideas that work to advance uh, us. So you can see it's, it's been updated as, as to February 9th, right? And this is the streamlined list, right? Which is hyperlinked. So you can go through that and you can see all of the different components on there. And the ones with the, the, the highest number of sub points, right? Are number one, family court reform. And number six, criminal law reform and law enforcement, right? But these are um, the basic components of the 18 point blackmail political agenda. And so you can go through all of these and look at what brothers are proposing. And so we're doing this so that, especially during this presidential uh, year, right? When, when people actually come to us and say, well, what does it take to get the black vote, the black male vote at that? Well, I've heard for years, brothers agreeing that we need to make a serious pivot from just voting Democrat to voting in the interest of our policy, of our policy interests. But the problem we've had in my assessment is we don't really articulate what those policy interests are. You got plenty of people that are doing this in regard to, you know, black community politics, which is fine. But I do think that as demographics are going to start articulating their own political interests, we've seen this with not only black women, we've seen this with black LGBT, so on and so forth. It really hasn't dawned on us, you know, what policies would benefit black men, right? And so in that, we developed this list so black men themselves can articulate what kinds of things would be beneficial. And most of these are written by brothers who are going through something related to their proposal, which is what I encourage. And I still encourage it. If you have ideas, please feel free to send them to me. Um, and you know, as long as I, you know, I, you know, we can agree that they're beneficial in some way. And particularly if you can send some data points that highlights why this is important, we can go ahead and add it. So we have these 18 different areas and, uh, oh, shout out to Ms. Delta. Appreciate the generous support says you're the dragon keeps spitting fire and knowledge, real talk planning on doing so. Uh, premium toy collect. You can download it. It is, it is accessible. I will put the link right now in the chat. If you have any trouble, all you got to do is put in blackmail political agenda. It is the only one you're going to find. Now we did know last year, Stacey Abrams had a blackmail agenda that we thought was interesting, but all it was were, you know, it was related to Georgia's what Democrats were going to do for everybody. So she just targeted it to black men because she was trying to secure the blackmail vote. And there's no way that you can use Google and put in blackmail agenda and not come up with this list. You can download it. You can, I hope you share it most particularly. And if you're going to cite it or use it in any kind of discussion, please just credit where it came from so we can continue to build. We got 300 watching. Make sure you hit the like button. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitch and Twitter or X. And of course on YouTube. So make sure you support the show. But anyway, you can see. So the, the last point uh, we, we were at for the 17 point agenda for the longest was the black men's rights to self-defense. And again, shout out to brother Douglas for proposing that you can read through that and check out what he was talking about. But the latest one to be added uh, is the false accusation offender registry. And these are not long. They're not long. They're written in common tongue. Uh, so they're easily accessible. You don't need to have multiple degrees to be able to understand what they're talking about. There's usually um, data included. But this one is pretty straightforward. Uh, but if you have data that you think would be relevant or necessary, or if you just have questions about some data that you think should be in there, feel free 
to communicate that and I'll consider adding that uh, real quick too, just so you can kind of see what's going on with it. Mm. Hold on. I don't think that made it better. Let me go back to the other one. All right. So just, just real quick, I want you to see when you see the bullet points, or I'm sorry, the footnotes, um, references right there, 13 and one, you just scroll down a little bit. You can see the contributors. Now, these are the brothers that, that opted to be named. They were all asked if you have a policy proposal, but you don't want your name on it. That's absolutely fine. Just request to remain anonymous and I can put it up here. So you do have anonymous points added to this agenda where the creators of it did not want to be named. Shout out to, uh, Dark Power for the support on the Cash App. Appreciate that. Also, shout out to Guy for the support. He says he has a new point. Okay, mandatory minimum fines for banks found guilty of discriminatory practices against any racial group that started $100 million. Interesting. Okay. Definitely have to return to that one. Um, appreciate that. Hey, if you if you can, email it to me, asan.johnson at gmail.com. Please go ahead and do that. That's the easiest way. That way I can have it in writing I don't want to misremember what you're proposing or misunderstand it or something of that nature. So I try to keep it in the tongue that you wrote it in. But as you can see, these are the brothers that have contributed and, and you know, wanted to be acknowledged or at least submitted to being acknowledged. Um, so working backward from the bottom, Parnell Smith, who I've had on the show, shout out to Parnell, made some proposals. We got Douglas, who we're going to be looking at his proposal today. Lamont, AAI, um, Irami made an interesting proposal uh, earlier in there. Charles, Officer Faulkner, regular of the show. Uh, you should all know Dennis Sperling. Shout out to Dennis. Chief in the South, Ryan, Tristan, Stewart, David, Adam, was another uh, friend of the show. I haven't seen him in a minute, but I hope he's well. And of course, BG BGS Ibmore. Now, BGS prompted me to do this because we were talking about it and, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really know if it would be something brothers would even be interested in, but he kind of nudged me to do it and was kind enough to make some contributions himself. And he added on to the one from today. So if you look at the top of the agenda, you see 13 and one that speaks to Douglas who actually sent in the proposal and then BGS that added some components to it. Um, and that's how we get to this one. So I'm just going to read it pretty straightforward. Make sure we are all on the same page. And again, I do this too, because some, some people listen to the show on, um, iTunes and, you know, and on the inner light radio station. So that said, um, it reads false accusation offender registry, right? It should be the creation of a false accusation offender registry for those who make false accusations, uh, regarding, um, SA grape molestation, domestic violence, and paternity, right? False paternity needs to be on there as well. It says others to be added to the list include those who commit what we call reputational damage. Now, this is one that BGS added to this, and I was really appreciative that he did, right? Because this really speaks to cancel culture. This speaks to uh, the impact of cancel culture and how outside of a court of law, your entire uh, wherewithal, your entire means, your entire means of supporting yourself, it can all be destroyed based on public opinion. And there's very little protection. So, you know, it doesn't even have to get to court, but often, even when it gets to court, uh, you have people that can wreck your reputation and don't even have to be named in the media. They can just destroy your reputation based on an accusation that requires no evidence and their name isn't included. And even when they're found to be outright lying, often still have certain, you know, they still endure no punishment. 
Like, there's no pushback whatsoever. So I think what Douglas, uh, and if he wants to come up, he can. He can talk a little bit more about this, Douglas, if you're still listening. You, uh, you, you know, let me know if you're willing to come up. I'll bring you up. Um, but the thing about this is, you know, especially for those that, that do not even get their hands slapped or outright lying on people. And this is not just celebrities, you know, and we'll get to that in a second, right? There should be some kind of accounting. So we're going to deal with that. Shout out to Great Eye 9 because Adam is doing well out in Columbia right now, enjoying blackmail experience abroad. <laughs> Shout out to Alan. <laughs> Passport bros in effect. <laughs> give, I mean, Adam, give, give Adam my best, man. I ain't talked to him in a minute. Welt, uh, appreciate the super chat. He says, opposition won't be able to fight it, fight if it states. Let me see. Opposition won't be able to fight if it states. This is for those proven guilty of false allegations, not simply found not guilty in court. Okay. Let me see here. All right. Let me see. So eight francs says, uh, I've been saying it for many years, but I have no clout. I'm glad Dr. T is promoting the idea. It needs to happen seriously. Yeah, there's no accounting for what people are, have been able to get it to get to, been able to do to folks, especially since the rise of Me Too. Right? It's a lot of power to give an entire demographic in many respects with no pushback and no checks and balances that pr protect people and maintain, you know, innocence until proven guilty. Right. So um, anyway, he continues others to be added to to the list include those who commit reputational damage against others using false claims. E or EG cancel culture commit a unique form of social coercion, the practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. Such threats can include public publicly made false accusations about one's sexuality, activities, background, and or behavior. Right. So that's one aspect of reputational damage, right? You have false claims that can be used to hurt, that could be used to coerce, that could be used to punish in terms of revenge or uh, anything of that nature. And there needs to be some accounting for people that do this. But it continues. The registry must be made public. Schools and employers must have access to this information. Um, let's see. Get this off the, out the way real quick. Oh, please. Wow. Anyway, offenders are obligated under penalty of law to disclose their status to anyone uh, that the offender is, plans to be, or could be involved in some kind of sexual or romantic relationship with. They must make this disclosure to the person before they take part in any romantic or sexual activity. Offenders must disclose their status under penalty of law to all schools and medical centers they enter or have affiliation with, especially through relationships with any minor children they have parental rights to or have the capability of being in custody of due to the relationship they have with that minor's guardian. If convicted of non-compliance with this law, the penalty shall be no less than one year in prison and be required to complete a mandatory course on the harm caused by false allegations with equal time discussing how much or how such, excuse me, harms manifest in the lives of men, women, children, families, and communities. Now, keep in mind as well, when you talk about black men in regard to false allegations, there's a long history of this that goes back to slavery, right? Mostly characterized by white women um, who have used proxy violence in terms of mob violence to force and coerce black men often into sexual engagements. So there's a long history of this, but now, uh, especially in this culture, this cancel culture we live in, it's expanded to where, you know, people are arbitrarily using the media, right. To destroy people's, uh, lives, right. In and out of court. 
And we've seen this on, on a number of occasions, but it's not always addressed. And again, when it's found to be an outright lie, or as we say, a false allegation, there's, you know, there's no guarantee that the person who puts it forth will be punished. Uh, shout out to MS Delta. Appreciate that generous support. He says a written plan and agenda. My old mentor said you need to have a written agenda and plan, plan the work and work the plan. Real talk. And that's what we're trying to build over here. Now, the next step, obviously, is to pressure. Pressure those in uh, positions who want the black male vote to address black male interests. Right? Politics is an exchange. Um, soul survive, soul survivor, excuse me, says, thank you for your rock solid work and information doc. Appreciate that. Appreciate that support. Um, let's see. Clutch and stick says, believe all women, right? Right. Same way they used to believe all black men, uh, deserve to be lynched. Why not objectively consider all the evidence for and against everyone? Right. But if it's found that you're making false allegations, there should be something more than, uh, you just being able to walk away scot-free. At the very least, uh, you might serve a year, uh, or I should say, you know, you might serve a year, but at the very least, having your name listed in a registry becomes important because as he points out here, it might have to do with, um, you know, businesses as well as individuals being aware that you are capable and have done so in the past of making false allegations, right? Now think about that. If you have a small, if you're an entrepreneur, and you have any any number of employees, I don't care if it's one or 5,000, how much ben how beneficial would it be to have a registry where people who have made a habit, or it, well, I shouldn't even say habit, it could even happen once, but if they made false allegations, how relevant would that be to you as a business owner looking to hire employees? How relevant would it be to you just in regard to uh, dating, right? If you're talking to a woman, you're dating her, and you find that she's made allegations in the past that were proven to be false. How relevant would that information be to you in regards to dating a new woman, right? So whether it's a personal relationship kind of framework or whether it's a business relationship in regard to employment and a lot in between nonprofit work, it doesn't matter, right? If you know and can actually examine the types of false accusations made by people listed on this registry, how differently might you act in relation to that person? Right? So the punishment can fit the crime, right? If the crime was to damage you in some kind of way, especially in public, then shouldn't the punishment fit the same, right? Let's see here. We got Jay Moore says, listening in Denver, uh, Colorado, it's snowing. Okay, appreciate that. Thanks for the support. Um, Jay Moore says, thanks for the research. Appreciate that, man. All right? Jay Moore again, uh, listening in Denver. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Red Falls, uh, Black, appreciate the support, says, breaking of the 10th commandment is now policy. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Real talk. And that's what's happening. So with this, we're proposing that there be some type of pushback, some type of disincentive, some type of punishment for those who do this and uh, suffer nothing, right? And as long as there is no blowback or pushback for making false accusations, you're inviting more. And this has made men across race, particularly vulnerable, men with resources, particularly vulnerable. But hell, this is used against men all the time simply because it can be. Right. This is one of those kind of issues that can affect people across class. You literally can be in just sitting with your lady in the house 
And if she's upset with you and wants to use, whether it's the police or any number of others, particularly men, as a form of proxy violence by damaging your reputation, coercing you into following whatever it is she wants you to do in terms of your behavior. And we've seen this where the police are used, not because he's actually done something, but simply because she's upset with him, you know, so on and so forth. These are problems. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I told you a story about a good brother reach out, reached out to me. Uh, who had done some prison time, former student of mine, built himself up, built up a business. And he called me one day and said, you know, you're right. He'd been, I guess he'd been pushing back against a lot of stuff I've been saying for a while. And he said, my boy, who I did some time with, got out of prison, built himself up, built his business up and married a beautiful young woman. He said, but the other day he came home late and she got angry with him. So she called the police and lied, made up a story about him abusing her. And because he had done time, they immediately locked him up. Now, I, for, I haven't been in contact with him uh, recently to find out what the end of that story was, but he was telling me just because he was amazed that she had the power to do that simply because she was angry. And all he did was come home late. So she assumed he was another, with another woman. Now, when I tell that story, there's often a lot of women that, that actually look at it like it's justified that he'd be locked up because he was cheating. And even though that's not the story she told to the police, she didn't say, come get him because he was cheating. She made up a story about him abusing her, if I remember correctly. Right? But when other women hear the story, they say, well, you know, she may have lied, but if he was, if he was cheating, he kind of deserved it. That's the undertone, right? But this is what we mean when we talk about proxy violence, right? This guy is actually going to jail, not because he did something verifiable, not because there was evidence provided, but simply because she was angry. And that could have severely damaged everything he's built. Now, obviously you don't have to go to prison to appreciate uh, what it takes to build yourself up. Men do it every day. Spend years building yourself up and all of that can be arbitrarily taken away simply because someone's upset. Someone wants revenge for a perceived slight or simply because they can. And it's Tuesday. Right. I remember Richard Pryor used to joke about uh, where, where he grew up in Peoria. He said, uh, you know, he was talking about redneck white women used to, you know, go to court and make up false accusations just for something to do on a Saturday night. Now, clearly he's exaggerating and joking, but Rich also would pull from his own experiences in his comedy. But we can't say to what extent that happened, but I don't think Rich was wholly making that up out of nowhere either, because we still see a culture where people fabricate lies simply because they can. And we've known that there have been a number of people, right, who have uh, actually been found out, right? One of the biggest cases we saw in the last couple of years was Johnny Depp. The actor Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. And the reason that was important is because Amber got caught, you know, they recorded her actually telling him, admitting to actually hitting him and then saying, nobody's going to believe you anyway. This is what it took for the public to start to acknowledge that men uh, are not always on the, you know, uh, the aggressor end of abuse and that, that women can and will lie at times um, more so than people assume for their own purposes. Right? So this whole, this whole culture of believe all women can be called into question. Right? Um, Mr. FBA, Appreciate that support says me and my wife are near our first step goal of saving 10,000 to hire a lawyer to fight my case to get me off the registration list. Wish me luck. All right, brother. 
luck. Hope that works out for you. Um, yeah, because that's ooh, that can be dangerous, man. So I hope that uh, that works. Your benefit. Let's see. All right. So that said, yeah, the Johnny Depp uh, was was pretty serious. Johnny Depp case really kicked open the door. Now we've known that this stuff has happened. Uh, for decades, for generations, this is not new, but in terms of being able to prove it to the public, that's a different thing. And I think post uh, Me Too, um, in this cancel culture moment, Johnny Depp's case was a huge pushback to illustrate how women will weaponize tears, weaponize the prevailing idea that women are innocent and are incapable. And we're not saying, at least uh, from this show's vantage point, I'm not saying that women are just monsters that are out to destroy men. What I'm saying is they're human beings. And when you give human beings unchecked power, what tends to happen is people abuse it. But we've developed a culture where the men are held accountable for their abuse of power, but the women, we just kind of dismiss. And there's this general assumption that they really can't do this because they're inherently better beings. And this is what we see in our media all the time, right? Women are presented and they have been since, you know, I can't tell you it's been the last number of decades, at least 40 years, but they're presented as if they're infallible, they're wiser, stronger, better, more capable, more intelligent, right? We get all of these kind of things subtly given to us in media from children's cartoons all the way to adult films. The idea that they are inherently better beings and men are just fuck ups that are lucky to be in their company, right? But when you get start to deal with reality, you start to see that this is not how it, how it stays, right? So we know that these cases, and this is also a, a, a something to be said for social media, for smartphones, things of that nature, where you're actually able to get more and more evidence that this is not new, right? So um, whether we're talking about Johnny Depp, Michael Irvin, uh, Chris Brown, Chris Brown had an interesting case like a year ago, where a woman had accused him of rape, and he was able to pull up the texts that proved that she was actually, you know, pursuing him. The interesting thing about that is once that those tapes came out or that those texts were, were made public, her lawyers dropped her. I want to say like within 24 hours, they just dropped her, right? Did she do time? Did she suffer any punishment for a false accusation? None that I heard of, but I didn't follow the case much after that. So, um, hold on. Let me, I'll see you, Douglas. I'm going to drop the link in the chat, but this is particularly for Douglas. So, um, and put that up so you can come on up. We can talk about this, but yeah. So Chris Brown's case, right? The young woman in question just kind of vanished after that. That was it, right? No punishment of any note. We, we know of Kiki Palmer, you know, there was a situation that jumped off with her where, you know, it was, she, I believe had suggested that her husband um, or whatnot had abused her. Turned out that uh, when we saw video evidence, she, if anything, was the one that was abusing him, right? We could take it back to Kobe Bryant, the infamous case of the uh, multiple DNA sperm findings within his accuser's womb, right? One of the biggest cases lately has been the brick lady. Right. Brick lady who apparently, you know, was telling people she was hit by a brick and, you know, a group of black men standing around did nothing. Only to find that she had lied. Now, she was hit by a water bottle, 
but it was also after she had assaulted somebody else. So first she assaulted the man. He said he was holding the water bottle and just kind of instinctively reacted, hit her with it. Then she turned around, got on social media, accused a group of strangers of not defending her when she was hit by a brick. And she lied and suggested she was hit by a brick because he wouldn't get, he, you know, he couldn't get her phone. Right now there's some degree of accountability going on there, but to what extent, I don't think we know fully what's going to happen as far as that, but we do know the police had to investigate. And when they started to look at the cameras, they started to look at the recordings. They found that she was lying. Right. So now all of a sudden we're starting to find out that when you question that and you require evidence, then you start to see that people have their own reasons. Shout out to Douglas. What's good with you, man? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? Um, you have made two contributions to the list. So I want to thank you right off the bat for that. Um, but I want you to talk a little bit about this particular idea you had and why. Yeah. So, yeah, so my, my uh, idea, idea for this for particular, particular uh, point, point, it, it came about, about because, because I was watching, watching uh, well, you know, I'm scrolling social, social media, media like, like a lot of us do. And I had a video that came up about a brother at, I don't recall what school he was at, but he's a college student. He is a play ball. And, and you know, you know the story we hear two times, times you got to get used of um, great woman. woman. Mm. And, and it took him years fighting this case, case until it finally came out that she had made it all up. Mm. And so you see this brother in the courtroom when you know the verdict comes down saying like, hey, you know, you're not guilty. Uh Because I got to turn something down here. Uh huh. Okay, is the echo coming off of Douglas or me, or what are you guys hearing it from? Okay, okay. Uh, I think it's saying, hold on. Yeah, saying it's okay. All right, how about now? That sounds better to me, but. Uh, Put a one in the chat if you can hear him without the echo. Go ahead and say something else, Doug. Yeah, hey, you guys still hearing the echo. Okay. Put a one if he's if he's no longer echoing. Uh, put a two if he still is. Okay, they're saying there's still an echo. Interesting. Hmm. You have a are you have earphones on? I did, but I, did, I took them out. I went back, back to, uh, to uh, just, my, just device. my device. Just my just phone. phone. Sure may be happening with that. Hmm. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I'm not sure what's uh all right, how about, how about now? now? I'll let him know. Right. Anything? Uh, yeah, say that they're saying it's still the same. So um let me try one other thing. I want anything echo. Okay. Last time, and if it's still echoing, we'll just muscle through. But uh say one more thing. Okay. How was that? Okay, let us know one or two. Did that work better? 
waiting to see some people's responses. Okay, they said one. Okay. Well, it looks like that might have helped. All right. So go ahead and tell us. Uh, you were telling us the story. Yeah. So so I saw the brother, and he's you know he gets a not guilty verdict, and I mean this dude he's he's just bawling his eyes out. You know he's hugging his mom. He's hugging you know one of his partners that's in there with him, and then the camera cuts over to the 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 young lady that had accused him, and she's like got her arms folded, you know, she's like rolling her eyes. Looks like she's ready to be like anywhere else. Like, can we just get this done and move on? Mm -hmm. You know, he's just having no impact on her. And I'm just thinking how horrible a situation this is. This guy literally had his life was on the line. You know, he already wasn't going to be able to have any chance to go pro because of the accusation, because he had been doing well in school and, you know, was looking at that based upon his, you know, performance on the field, but, you know, that was done. And now he's had his whole life held up for, you know, the three or four years it taken to finally adjudicate it and come back with a not guilty verdict. So I was just thinking there like that, that's, that just, that was just horrible. And, you know, I went to check the, I just wanted to check the, uh, the 17 point plan to see, Hey, is there anything on there in regards to that? And I didn't see anything. So, I just sat down and, you know, kind of just typed something up that uh, sounded like it would it would cover most, if not everything, if uh, in regards to having some type of uh, uh, some type of punishment for the person that mm-hmm. issues a false accusation and then can protect other people from that person in the future. Right. So. And I want I want people to take their cues from what Douglas did. If you read through the agenda and, and, and please read through it because you'd be surprised how thorough. It is despite, you know, it doesn't sound 18 doesn't sound like a lot, but when you actually go through it, you see there's a lot of sub points involved, so on and so forth. Um, but if you see something that's missing, I, I implore you to do what Douglas did. You know, all you got to do, send me a, you know, a few sentences to a paragraph of what it is you're proposing at the least. And then if you can send in some data points in relation to your idea, you know what I mean? And that's really all we're talking about. As long as it improves the quality in life, as long as the intention is to improve the quality of life for black boys and men. That's it. That's really the only focus. So, you know, yeah. Um, but you're dead right. And and if you wouldn't mind, man, I want to put I'm going to pull up a number of things that we can go through very quickly just to demonstrate why this is important. Right. Um, and, you know, if anything comes to mind, if you want to address anything I pull up, please feel free. OK. OK. So let me go ahead and. Uh, pull up the first thing. Um, now this, I, I found interesting. I just wanted to give it a little context. This comes from the center for prosecutor integrity. Um, and I know it's probably pretty hard to see. Let me see if I can, uh, kind of increase the size of it a little bit. Uh, so this is 2022, not too long ago. Um, at least I think I saw that in here somewhere since I changed the size of it. I can't see it now anyway, but there's only one sentence I really wanted to kind of highlight. And that's this one right here. False allegations are widespread in the United States. National survey sponsored by the Center for Prosecutor Integrity found that 8% of Americans, 11% men, and 6% women, almost twice as many men, report being falsely accused of SA, domestic violence, or child abuse. The 8% figure represents 20.4 million adults. So out of that 20 million adults, there are twice as many men as women who report being falsely accused. And I think the key word in that is report. 
right? Report. Yeah, I mean, how many how many guys did you know uh, report and then they're just turned away? Um, you know, they're laughed out of the station. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Or 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 men who don't bother to report at all. I mean, many of us do that. Many of us do that. We just kind of carry it and just say, okay, look, I, let me just move on. Maybe it'll go away. Um, and sometimes it kind of does, but other times it doesn't, you know, in relation to the story you told, uh, which is very Brian Banks, 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 you know what I mean? Like sometimes these things stay with you for years, um, you know, regardless of, uh, your innocence, you know, um, and, and again, these people get to walk away as if nothing happened. Uh, right. And, and, and I wonder if there's ever been any study done that really looks at, the, the people that perpetrate these kind of things and then checking to see, you know, have they done so again? Uh, because I, yeah. if, if you're a person that's going to do that one time and you see like, hey, it's just like, you know, you get away with it. There's no consequence for you. What we'll mm-hmm. stop you from doing it again to somebody? Absolutely. Either the same type of allegation or a different type of allegation. You know, how many how many people's lives have been, how many men's lives have been damaged and ruined? How many families have been torn apart over these kind of false Mm -hmm. accusations Mm uh and and you know sometimes um you know if if you know in the case like you know like we saw with johnny depp or even individually guys that will somehow you know if they got text messages recordings or something that shows like hey it was it was false even if they can't get the adjudication in court at least it's something they can go back to if it it ruined a relationship with a family member Mm -hmm. or you know one of their children Mm -hmm. or you know close friends or whoever or business associates, at least, you know, they can kind of circle back and at least get some type of closure there and maybe rebuild those relationships. But, you know, the reputational damage is still there. Whatever money they lost, the jobs they lost, opportunities they lost, like that's gone. Like that's not coming back. And there's there's really no mechanism right now that we have in society or, you know, that that's on the books to really hold people accountable for that in, in anything that's there even with it written in like any kind of gender neutral language that the application is been patently biased against men and particularly black men. I mean, we see this over and over and over again. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, we see it actually happen in, you know, real life. We see it happen in media. Uh, when you see these things come up, you know, people laugh and giggle and kiki or whatever, right. uh, particularly if it's like, Hey, we're going to accuse this, this black man of something because we don't like something he did. You know, right. I don't right. like that. He tried to, you know, I think you being too hard on my on the on the kids. You know, I need to make sure that he goes away. Oh, I don't like, you know, like the, the guy you talked about. I don't like that he stayed out late. You mm-hmm. know, I'm on I'm gonna say that I got beaten and then you know the police come up and have to go through all that. And, and then seen, even if if and, and last thing, even even if you know that I won't say even if I I'll just say the 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 lack of care, the lack of just morality that these folks have to do these things. Because you have to think, like, if you put a, a black man in a situation where he's got to deal with the police, you're 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 essentially signing him up to a non-zero percent chance that he's going to die in that encounter. Yeah, like you 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 just introduce that out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually heard women say in in the moment before they call the police, um, and I hope they kill you, you know. And I hope I've heard these kinds of things from men who are telling me their stories. And a lot of those men, you'd be surprised, are white collar. Uh, degreed men who are with women with degrees, master's degrees and above who are experiencing these very kinds of things. So we think a lot of people think this, this is just class based 
and that it's only happening amongst the absolute poor and working class. This happens across the spectrum, especially in the black community. These things take place regardless. Um, so, you know, it's important that we acknowledge that. Um, now, I'm just going to put up a, a number of cases um, just to kind of show you how widespread this can be. Now, this is something we I, I think I talked about a week ago. Oh, and I should, by the, by the way, I was going to say a moment ago when you brought, uh, brought up uh, false allegations, I was thinking there are rumors out now that there's video recordings of uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez, right? And that, uh, that there's a video recording, apparently, uh, allegedly, I guess, I don't know, by an Asian woman who followed it and recorded it. And somewhat, for some reason, it was suggested that that video was not allowed in court, but it showed that he, didn't, he wasn't in a position to have uh, done what he was accused of. Right. So if that video is made public, I'd, I'd like to, you know, find out more about it right now. I'm letting you know that, you know, it's a rumor. I'm sure you guys probably know more about it than I do. But again, it would be another high profile case where we see that, you know, uh, black men are easy to accuse of crimes like this because people readily believe it. There's a legacy in this country that goes back to slavery about black men being inherently hyperviolent and hypersexual. So these types of accusations carry a different weight for us than they do for other groups of men. Uh, but men in general tend to carry that. And, you know, it's harder to prove innocence, um, especially if neither one of you has evidence and it's just your word against hers. You know, you're more apt to be found guilty. Right. Um, so Jonathan Majors, another clear case of that. Right. Uh, where, you know, she can literally chase him down the street and we can see video of her at the club later that night. And yet. He's still guilty. Right. Anyway, so this particular case. Um, we talked about before the Fulton County Commissioner Natalie Hall uh, discriminated against, sexually discriminated, discriminated against her former chief of staff, who was a brother. Um, I don't want to play the video per se, but um, they did have a picture of her, or a little video clip of her. I was going to at least put on the screen. Um, so this is the brother that was accused. And, um, you know. You can see the woman in question, if I can just get the, that's uh, her, but there she is on the left. So he was working for her. And then he says, uh, after requiring sexual favors, when he denied her, um, you know, it impacted his job. Right. Now he won that case to my understanding, but, you know, without evidence again, where would many of us stand? Right? Uh, but again, an example of false allegations. So I'm just going to put up a few of them. Uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that if more more black men, when they run into these situations, are, are standing up against it and really taking it to, to court to file charges like this brother did the instance you saw, I think we see a lot more wins because I, I think I think it has been so biased and one-sided mm -hmm. that those that have the power they just are not taking any care to really hide it because they're like, nobody's going to do anything to me. You know, they're just, they're just blatant and brazen with it. And, well, and, and, and Amber, not Amber Heard said it best. She said, nobody's going to believe you. And she was talking to a white man, a white male, rich celebrity. So what happens if you're just a regular everyday brother? Go ahead. El, shout out for the cash app. Uh, Douglas, go ahead, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying, I, I just think we'll, we'll see more, um, 
we'll see more wins of these cases. Uh, yeah. And just because I just don't think that, you know, when you're in a position where you just get away with anything, you know, uh, like any person, you're not going to take any care to try to hide your actions because you're like, okay, well, nobody's going to do anything about it anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that, that more of us will really step up and, and, and try to, um, Address you know, and, and try to, you know, press these charges. Yeah. Uh, and even even if the case, even if the case isn't one, there's still value in doing that and showing that, look, there's going to be a time and resource cost to doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may still win that case, but you still have to have time and resource costs. And then yeah. there comes the potential of reputational issues, because at a certain point, people are going to start looking and be like, OK. Even if we don't think you did it, we got to ask, how did you even get in a situation where you'd be accused of perpetration in such an act against a man of, of blackmailing him, um, false at making false accusations to get him. How were you even in a situation where there was enough to where to, for it to go to court and actually go through the legal process mm-hmm. to come out on the other side? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think there's, there's still value at least in that because it, it, then it raised the question that challenges that, you know, perception that people have, because right. we get enough of these cases coming up, you know, a certain point it's like, look, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like it, mm-hmm. it, all these guys can't be making this up. All yeah. these judges and lawyers, they can't just be thinking, oh, they're trying to make a paycheck. Like at a certain point, you have to think there there was reasonable uh, amount of evidence for people to think they were wrong doing that curve. Yeah. And then we have to address the society and say, like, hey, what are we going um, to do to really deal with this? Because there's not really any language to talk about it as it is right now. Hmm. Well, and and just to let the audience know, I'm working uh, as a as a uh, an expert witness uh, on a case uh, with Dennis Sperling, and I'll be going out to testify in court this uh, in the next couple months um, on a case where a man was falsely accused of ha- having been uh, you know physical and, and and with his ex-wife. When it turns out that she actually won was the one that was physical. Um, and so, again, you know, we have these kinds of situations going on where, you know, we need to actually get into court. We need to become more litigious. We need to be able to demonstrate uh, with evidence that these things can happen because they are happening and they always have been really. But as you can see here, this is a case from the Sacramento Bee dated January 19th of this year. Black man falsely accused, falsely accused of robbery in Karen case. California attorneys say jury acquits him. So he was acquitted. But again, still the false accusation was made. Um, things out of here. All right. So uh, it says it took less than an hour of deliberation to acquit a black man who was racially profiled and falsely accused near his home last year, according to a California public defender's office. As Trevin, uh, Trevin Morgan, 21, was walking to a nearby store uh, from his San Francisco home the morning of August 24th, a white man who appeared to be unhoused and mentally ill started yelling racial slurs and following him. San Francisco Public Defender's Office said in January 17th uh, news release when Morgan left the store, the man continued leading to an argument uh, as the pair argued a bystander who was also white drove up beside them and took the side of the man yelling at Morgan. Um, Bystander called the police and claimed that Morgan threatened to kill him and rob him and that Morgan dented his car. One of the police officers body camera footage showed that even the officer expressed skepticism about the bystanders claims. In the footage, attorneys said the bystander also tells the officer the damage on his car was from an unrelated incident. 
Morgan, however, was arrested and subsequently charged by San Francisco District Attorney's Office with felony attempted robbery of the bystanders' reading glasses. Shit. Of the bystanders' reading glasses. Wow. San Francisco police did not immediately return McClatchy News' request for a comment, so on and so forth. Morgan was released from custody under the condition he wear an ankle monitor and be subject to home detention. Right? As he awaited trial for five months, attorney said Morgan lost his job as a security guard and was not able to provide for his pregnant girlfriend. The jury acquitted Morgan on January 11th after 45 minutes of deliberation. The allegations in this case were reminiscent of other Karen cases where someone called the police on a black person who had done nothing wrong. Um, let's see. And as said, the bystander racially profiled Morgan, profiled Morgan and assumed the worst about him and falsely accused him of wrongdoing based on the color of his skin. Right? But this is the thing about these kind of cases, though. They see they start talking in the abstract about, you know, blackness. Right. But we, we ignore the gender dimension of, the, of this because this is something that happens to black males far more than it happens to black females. Right. And because it happens far more, we cannot ignore the gender dimension of this. It wasn't just a black person that was falsely accused. It was a black male. There is a mm-hmm. certain type of equity in the social imagination about black men with black males. And I should, I should say males because we're talking boys and men, right, who experience this. And regardless of their, you know, their innocence, they're accused. And that, that accusation holds weight. It holds weight. And we can't ignore the gender and the racial dimensions to this. But really over a pair of glasses. Any you, you know, thoughts come to mind for you? Yeah, so so when you were when you were speaking about this case that you just showed, and then before that when you mentioned about being an expert witness on a case, it, it just it just it just brought to mind, you know, it, it's important that another reason why it's important that more more of us actually you know, take these cases to trial mm-hmm. is to get get information that you present and others like uh, uh, Dr. Curry mm-hmm. and Dr. Neal uh, to get that information on the record, because even if the case is lost, it's, that's in, 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 in court record. And the more you have lawyers that are using this information right. from these studies in right. cases as defenses, Right. And inevitably, these cases will begin to get wins. That becomes a viable defense strategy, and it becomes normalized mm. when men want to come forward, particularly black men, want to come forward and talk about these accusations that are made against them. Right. So that that information comes into the mainstream, and it only takes you know one or two you know really high profile cases mm. where this information is used in the court record. And then when they're doing these interviews to try to find, okay, well, what was happening with the case and talking about, I mean, then, you know, yourself or, you know, a Dr. Curry or Dr. Neal, you know, you're, you're the people that they're interviewing to get information about the case. And then, you, you know, you guys, you know, you've been studying this, you know, you've got all the data, you've got the, the books written, the articles, you know, you can just, you know, just off the top of your head, pop, 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 just lay that out and get it in print in mainstream so that people can see it. And you know that 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 creates so much more opportunity sure. for us to really get this issue to be addressed in a realistic fashion because uh yeah. you know politicians they're going to be running for for office and stuff if they see these things and you know they you know they're going to be looking for hey what's the hot thing that okay I I need I need something I can really 
do to set me apart or try to get some votes or some publicity or whatever. Um, let me, but, but let me say this. This is why I was saying earlier, when you're going to send a, in a proposal idea, it helps if you send in the data with it. And one of the reasons I say that is this is covering so many areas. A lot of people first need to understand you're talking to a, you know, a, a professor or a researcher, so on. Much of the time, our research is fixated on a, a specific area, right? That's, that's our training is about a specific area. And if we move to another research area throughout the course of our career, it's still usually very finely pointed. That's the nature of research. But something like this blackmail political agenda list is so broad in category, nobody can really just stand over all of it. So send in the data. The other reason I'm asking and this is something BGS and I were talk. We talk about all the time. You'd be surprised how many of these articles, some of the articles we're going through today, will disappear in a matter of months. You'll come back to an article that had a piece of evidence in it that really drives your point home, and it's gone. That's one of the reasons I try to put these articles on the screen during the show because you'll come back to it in a year from now and not be able to find it for one odd reason or another. And I just wanted to show you this is still the 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 you know the the eighteen point blackmail political agenda. But we're looking at point six, criminal law reform. Look at the data, right? These are, this is not accidental. These are quotes, you know, we're, we're citing where the information's coming from. I'm doing this not only so that we can have the evidence if we have to go to court or if we're doing public presentations or publishing books, but so that you have the evidence, whether it's in, it could be a, a debate at the family table at Thanksgiving. It could be an argument where you're trying to protect your job from an false, false accusation. I want you to have access to the specific uh, information that you're quoting, that we're quoting from here, that proves the points that we're making. I want you to be able to pull up the charts. Look at all the links involved there, knowing that those links can disappear, which is why we're also citing the, the, the information. We're pulling quotes, we're pulling charts, we're providing links. And this is a service to you as well, right? See, see the charts we're putting up, the data that's coming out of specific pages of documented studies. We're doing this because this shit will disappear on you in a heartbeat. And I want you to know where it came from. I want you to know what the original citation information was so that you can use this information and we can use this information to advance, uh, you know, pushing this improved quality of life for black boys and men. So, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be this thorough. But, you know, if you can provide us with a few links in relation to, you know, the subject you're interested in, it kind of helps. And the more information you have, you know, great. And it may be something you send in later. Hey, I found another link related to this and that kind of, you know, can help us. But I wanted to kind of put that out there because this is a this is a, a an engagement between, you know, brothers in this space, you know, to kind of create new ideas. Because trust me when I tell you, when I show this kind of stuff to men of my father's generation, my grandfather's generation, they didn't have this. They didn't have this, you know, and so we need to be a resource to one another. Um, here you go. And I know this was unscheduled, Douglas. So, you know, you got to go or if you can stay, it's entirely up to you. Um, but I just, uh, wanted to get you in here to speak, um, directly to what you were proposing. So I appreciate you coming through. I hope you can stay, but I, I get it if you can. So this one comes from the Columbus dispatch, right? This is dated February 9th of last year. Here he finds two former Ohio state football players, not guilty of grape. You can see the picture there. One of the brothers, if not both of them, are crying as you know you would, right? Two former Ohio State football players, Amir Reap and Jason Went, 
Uh, both 24 embraced Thursday after Franklin County jury found them not guilty of grape and kidnapping charges. A then 19-year-old female had accused them of graping her on February 4th, 2020 in the Northwest Side apartment. Right. So we're talking about false accusations. Yeah, I mean that 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 photo right there. I mean that that is it, it's almost the exact <laughs> the 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 exact visual that was in the video right. that I watched that 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 you know prompted me to to write up that that particular point. I mean, it's the the, the motion on his face. I'm sure it's probably on the brother's face that he's hugging. Yes. You know, we just can't see it because um, yes. they they're literally getting their lives back. Yes, you know everything was on hold. Everything that they because people don't people don't don't realize the damage that this does like literally this is this is to take away everything that man yes could be is and ever wanted to be yes in a in an instant yes and i I, I just i just don't people think people just they don't they don't realize that yeah and there's a lot of people that just don't care because all they see black men and boys as like some kind of utility, some kind of tool or something to use and throw away for whatever their ends are. And it's just, it's just, it's sickening. But there's also a window of time. A lot of the time, you know, like with athletes, it's a little clearer, right? You know, you, you, you got a window of time to really make your bid in your career. And this kind of thing can hold you up for years. Um, If you, if you're familiar with the story of Brian Banks, you know, he was promising high school athlete, football player, um, was falsely accused of rape. It, it actually went in, did a little time, came out, had the ankle bracelet on. By the time he was able to prove his case, uh, physically, he was not able to really play the game. Now, he played a little bit in the, in the pros, and a lot of that, I think, was just a res- you know respect thing and acknowledgement for what he went through. But the game had really kind of passed him by. And, 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 and again, this is not limited to sports, but often there's a window of time where you're in the midst of doing what you're doing. And if you're held back for five, six years, you, you know, it can be very difficult to gain the momentum to get back into what you were doing. So it's not only costing you in the moment, it's changing the very trajectory of your life often. And you know, this is Mr. FBA. He says, there's a problem with being falsely accused. The damage is being done to our life, money, and loved ones while we forcibly wait for a court date. Yeah. So, you know, and that's if you're able to prove yourself innocent Usually you have to go a whole new way to, to you know, to figure out where you, what you're going to do from there. So a lot of this comes right at, at a critical moment uh, in your in your career or in whatever it is you're trying to do. Right. So, you know, these are the kind of things that, uh, that we're trying to call attention to. Right. Um, now again, these are random and these are not limited to black men as far as the number of these. I just grabbed a number of cases that I thought we should consider. This is October 1st, 2021. Former college star wide receiver seeks NFL tryout after false sexual allegations. Subject of sexual assault has become a major issue on college college campuses in the the past few years. Far too long, victims had uh, felt they were silenced and their cases were not handled in their best interests, rather in a manner to protect the reputation of the school. Let me skip ahead a little. Tristan Wallace is an African-American athlete uh, who had a very promising career as a football wide receiver. After being recruited to the University of Oregon, Wallace soon found himself off the team and out of the school after two females filed accusations of SA. 
The school moved quickly to move Wallace off campus, and both the University Police Department and the Lane County District Attorney's Office opened investigations. Then came the media coverage, the story of a double accusation against a star football player made for captivating headlines. However, Wallace maintains these stories are simply untrue, and the available evidence gives uh, his version of events some credence. As I move forward day to day, knowing that the truth, knowing the truth that I am innocent, uh, yet judged unjustly and quite harshly because of the malicious, defamatory truths, untruths told in an ongoing four and a half year sm smear campaign to negatively impact my life, while simultaneously attempting to thwart any tremendously great academic and athletic opportunities. I have in college at Prairie View, A&M, and the NFL. In the case of the first accuser, Wallace produced texts. Here we go again. Wallace produced texts from the young woman after the encounter, stating she was glad she spent the night. The woman asked Wallace if he was seeing anyone else, and she wanted to see him again after he returned from an out-of-town road trip with the football team. When Wallace promised to see her upon his return, she replied, yay, you better not break it. Wallace did not choose to pursue a further relationship with the woman, and in, and in an interview during the investigation into the incident, a, a friend of the young woman admitted to investigators her friend became angry when Wallace stopped responding to her texts. So we're talking about revenge. In the case of the second accuser, Wallace contends the two never actually had full intercourse, though they did engage in sexual activity. This de detail is corroborated by a friend of the accuser who told authorities that the woman in question told her we just made out and did other stuff. However, in the police report, the accuser claimed that Wallace engaged in unwanted intercourse with her three times over a period of several hours and at two locations. Wallace points out that the accuser drove him home the next morning. Once again, there were after the fact text messages from the woman and Wallace says she was represented. Um, she also represented a desire to see him again. Once again, he declined. Then there's the issue of the timing of the complaints. The first alleged incident occurred on September 12th, 2016. The second took place on September 22nd, 2016. Despite the time between the two incidents and a period of weeks afterwards, the two women filed their reports on consecutive days with the first approaching authorities on October 4th and the second October 5th. This raises ob the obvious question as to whether the two women uh, in the close-knit college community became aware of each other. And if that had any bearing on their decision to make these allegations. So we're looking at revenge, right? Being slighted. He didn't want to date me. Uh, embarrassment, frustration, attempts to control. These are all motives for why people would use um, institutions, you know, like law enforcement to operate on their behalf to hurt somebody that they're upset with. Right. This is fundamentally what we're looking at. Uh, shout out to Beretta says, let's get this implemented. Walaikum Salaam, Dr. T. All right, brother. It's, uh, good to hear from you. Appreciate that generous support. And I agree. Let's make it happen. Uh, Lewis says, I had false charges put on me. Uh, I had to spend 30,000. Uh, my money I did not have. I lost my job and was proven innocent. Still to this day, I have friends and family that do not talk to me, although it was proven that she lied. Now, Douglas have you run across stories where family and friends have permanently severed relationships based off of false accusations? Is that something you're familiar with? Um, and, and did that play into any of your thinking on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've I've heard stories of it, and, and and actually, there's a there's a guy I went to high school with that um, he he ended up uh, doing some jail time over a, a false accusation and. Um, you know, I I knew some of the other 
friends that were there and, you know, kind of talked about the situation. So it was it was apparent that it was that everything was made up. But, you know, he still ended up doing those those six years. Um, and, you know, obviously that's had a huge impact on his life and. You know, um, what what he's done. So, I mean, it's it's it, it's real. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's just hearing the situations with the athletes. You know, I was I was thinking if there's, you know, I mean, there's got to be grounds for some type of of class action lawsuit against mm-hmm. uh, colleges and the college system in general on Title IX violations, yeah. because far too often we see when these accusations come up, the 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 man he gets kicked out of college. Yeah. But even if it's proven that like, hey, the woman made it up, like she doesn't get kicked out of college. She doesn't she doesn't face any repercussions from the school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Title IX is written is supposed to be gender neutral. But mm-hmm. we clearly see these very biased application of it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, now a number of the ones I'm going to go through are athletes. But I do want to stress this is not limited to athletes by any means. Athletes just kind of come up more readily um, when you do a search, you know, in terms of false accusations. And I think the subtle inclination there is that they're on the cusp of a, of a, a career, a cusp, you know, a cusp of a successful, well-paid professional career. And I think the incentive there for many people to lie is not just revenge, but sometimes to secure some type of benefit um, from the person. Now, this one, you know, is what I mentioned earlier. A lot of the brothers in this space are very familiar with the Brian Banks story. Uh, the good thing about this story, however, is that there was a film made. so You can actually go see it. But a lot of the time with theatrical films, they change some things. Uh, I actually show this one in my class. And one of the things they change in this is that they give him a girlfriend kind of figure in the film. And, you know, she even doesn't want to deal with him for a minute because at some point she had experienced great before she met him. So when he meets her after he's already served time, he explains to her that this is something I served time for, so on and so forth. So I have to tell my students, they actually fabricated that character because there's almost no way to show the Brian Banks story. It doesn't end up looking like an indictment on black women. (laughs) So they create they fabricated this kind of girlfriend to take the heat off of, you know, this kind of story. But the reality of Brian Banks' story is is vicious. Um, and it cost him really a career. Like I said, he was able to expand, experience pro-life, uh, you know, but it was really more of a symbolic gesture from my understanding. But in terms of actually playing full ball, if you're not able to compete at the professional level for multiple years at a time, even if you're working out on your own, it's really difficult to be able to jump back in to something you haven't been able to do for like five years or more. And unfortunately, that's one of the things that happened with him. So he never got to see what his career could have looked like, you know, unenhimbered, you know, I'm really losing my vocabulary. Shout out to BGS. BGS, check your text. Um, Anyway, um, so let me see. Uh, paid players are in demand. I uh, appreciate the donation. And I did forget to say it. Uh, Lewis, I appreciate the donation as well. Uh, he says, during my divorce, I defended against five false DV allegations and three false CPS investigations. Absolutely nothing happened to my ex. See what I mean? See what I mean? Clutch and Sticks says, Brian Banks, Long Beach, Poly High School, California. All right. Poly is in the top five U.S. schools sending guys to the NFL. Think there are no local cops willing to conspire against the star player there? Hey, 
But in this particular instance, uh, we were talking about a, a young lady, right? Who uh, no doubt saw uh, the potential on his career. But nonetheless, yeah, her and her family received, from what I understand, millions from the school district. And, um, you know, he went to jail. So watch the Brian Banks story if you haven't had a chance to see it. Powerful story. Uh, it will blow your mind. But uh, let's continue here. Yeah, I'm sure she probably didn't have to pay any of that money back. And she says she spent it all anyway. So, or at least, you know, spent so much of it that it wasn't realistic. Anyway. And, you know, it is. it wasn't going to happen. But did she go to jail? No, of course not. You see? She's not going to go to jail. Yeah. Uh, it, it then... <laughs> You know, go, going to the, the the gentleman that talked about uh, the the allegations that he defended against um, uh, in the CPS investigations. I mean, there's, you know, we're here and we're in a space where you know we actually we we give a damn about black men and boys. Mm -hmm. But even for someone that, you know, if they didn't, you at least got to give a damn about children and think of what kind of damage this does to those kids. Like to 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 have it in their mind that their their father, their uncle, you know, whoever that father figure was, has done this terrible thing, and they're little and they're being made to, you know, uh, uh, being coached on what to say to corroborate this stuff, and then, you know, imagine you as a kid, you know, you because you don't know, you know, you just listen to whatever your mom or whatever is telling you to say, but imagine you grow up and you you go back and look back and realize this and and understand that like you were. Part of the reason why, you know, your father was never in your life mm -hmm. or worse was thrown in jail or whatever. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big discussions. I did not mention Myron Roll, uh, if that's how you pronounce his last name and Amanda Seals. But another excellent example, if I if I remember correctly, this brother NFL player, doctor, I think he was falsely accused by Amanda Seals. Um, I might pull it up in a second, but let's look at the case we have in front of us right here. Right, this comes from reason.com. False accusation and unfair investigation derailed this student's at student athlete's life. Alfonso Beatty transferred to a new college, but he can't play basketball unless the NCAA grants him a waiver. In 2014, a white female student at the University of Finley accused two black athletes of sexually assaulting her. Uh, the university expelled the two men, a basketball player and a football player, 24 hours later, without bothering to interview witnesses who would have contradicted the accusation. According to the two men's lawsuit against Finley or Finlay, I don't know, investigators didn't even interview the young woman. Isn't that some shit? So we're talking about cases where the, the, the complainant isn't even interviewed in the investigation. And she was able to get two men within 24 hours expelled with no evidence. And not even being interviewed. So in, the, in my original write-up of the lawsuit, I called it perhaps the most blatantly unfair Title IX case I have I've ever covered. Title IX is the federal statute prohibiting sex-based discrimination in edu education. Right? That dispute is still working its way through the courts. In the meantime, one of the young men, Alfonso Beatty, now 23, was finally able to find a basketball program that would let him on the team. Um, that was quite an accomplishment. Students expelled for sexual misconduct can have a tough time earning admission to another school, no matter how farcical the charges against them are. Beatty recently got some bad news. However, the National Council, uh, National College Athletic Association won't let him play. Right? This young man is being punished again, 
says his attorney, not by uh, Duquesne, uh, I guess the school he's at, because they actually want the young man on the floor. They want him on the floor. He's been victimized by the NCAA. The issue is the five-year clock rule. Student athletes have a maximum of five years in which they can play a sport for four seasons. Once a student is enrolled in any academic institution, the clock starts ticking, even if the student ends up transferring or missing years of school, right? So um, again, I'll put all of these links in the description to these stories. But, uh, you know, again, if he's not, a, if you're not able to operate within the same window, within the window you're in, you can lose that opportunity, right? And that's a clear example of what I was saying earlier. A perfect example, in fact. Um, now, this one was quite popular. Um, this is not involving a black male, but nonetheless, a male falsely accused. Football player Matt Ariza, I know I'm mispronouncing that probably, dropped from a woman's, uh, woman's grape lawsuit and won't sue for defamation. So there he is. Uh, December 13th, 2023, Buffalo Bills punter Matt Ariza is being dropped from a lawsuit filed by a woman who alleged she was graped by San Diego State University football players in 2021. The woman agreed Tuesday to dismiss Ariza from the lawsuit she filed last year, while uh, he agreed to dismiss his defamation countersuit against her, his attorney said in the statement. So he was found to have not been involved. And he still had to drop his defamation countersuit in order to be free of this. That's ridiculous. And that's not the first time I've heard that. Um, Dead Set Anime talked about something similar um, a, a few weeks ago when he was on the show. That sometimes what these judges will do is they'll, they'll, even, they'll punish you even when you're found innocent. And they'll punish you by uh, absolving her and making it impossible for you to counter sue in order for you to get out of the case altogether, right? So they're, they're, they're invested in many ways into protecting some of these women that are making these frivolous charges with no evidence and, and false charges at that, and you're not allowed to respond. Um, so I think in this instance, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, the party that this took place at, he, he, I think he attended, but he left and he was gone when this happened or whatnot. But again, I'll post, I'll post it so you can look through it on your own. Uh, I'm not going to read through all of them. I just want want you guys to see some of the kinds of cases we're talking about. And despite that I'm using athletes, um, this is not limited to athletes. You guys are familiar with Michael Irving's encounter with a woman. So, Doc, go ahead. Yeah, these so so these cases, particularly the Title IX cases in the colleges where you have these false accusations. So uh, another thing I don't think folks understand that that make these false allegations and then those that support and try to cover up the allegations, even when it comes back that they were false. Mm-hmm. Um, like you spoke of how the, the, the school absolved the, the, uh, the, the, the women and continue to punish the men. Mm-hmm. These kind of blatant, very obvious um, differences in how a statute that's supposed to be used equally for everyone as applied. This is the kind of thing that gives people that really don't want to have any type of equal protections for anyone. This gives mm. them the cases they can take and argue up to the Supreme Court mm. and get statutes overturned because they'll look at it and say, like, well, you're applying it in a biased way anyways. 
Mm-hmm. So if it's not going to be applied equitably, then we don't need it. If we can't apply this equitably, then we need to just get rid of it altogether. That's what the argument will be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting that that's what should happen. I don't want that to happen because I think applied properly, these can be very powerful tools um, for black men and boys. But we very clearly see that it's not right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we will be we dumb to believe that the folks that want to get those type of civil liberties and 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 policies overturned aren't making observations of this and taking notes and just biding their time till they have that perfect case that they can bring all the way up to Supreme Court. And lately, the court hadn't exactly been a friend of the Negro, you know, uh, hasn't been for a long time. So, I mean, this is this is uh, uh, this is not a good situation that we're in. And, you know, there's there's got to be some kind of change before, you yeah. know, those those kind of dire turns happen. Right. Right. Uh, Ray Knowles, don't worry. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just bear with me. Um, let me go ahead and welcome BGS to the conversation. What's good, man? What's up, Doc? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Um, I wanted to bring you in because, uh, as I said earlier in the show, man, we you, you added to uh, Douglas's uh, 18th point, and uh, you added the reputational damage component of it. And so I know you're just coming off a show. I know you must be tired. Uh, but I, I was hoping you could just kind of explain to the audience, uh, you know, what motivated you to do that and what does reputational damage? What is the larger argument about that? Because I only read the sentence that, you know, we put in there. Especially for people that have uh, that have, you know, uh, have businesses or somebody like you that's in a sensitive position where your reputation and your uh, is more is uh, your reputation equals money. So so cancel culture. Okay, um, is is is, is doing is done damage to a reputation, especially when something's false. Okay, mm-hmm. um, um, I'm, I'm, um, I, I, there was one, there, there was one. I think Malika Andrews is probably one of the most famous cases, right, with the NBA basketball player, right? Now she accused him of being involved in a, in a, in a robbery, okay, that his teammates did, okay, and all he was was teammates. He he was found not guilty. There was he was found not even involved. He wasn't even there. Okay, mm-hmm. and she announced that uh, 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 when he was getting drafted on draft night, mm-hmm. she should have been able to be sued for slander or mm. registry, right? Because that because that story went all over the world, right? And it could have damaged him as far as endorsements. It could have damaged him as far as his contract, all kinds of stuff, right? And and cancel. We see this that's, this cancel culture all over the place, right? Where people can make make an accusation that is found not true, but the thing is, guess what? Is it? the damage is already done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're coming out of the black community where you have very little inherited wealth, very little uh, capital to engage in different types of activities, uh, you know, you're, if anything, you were the person that people were depending on to lift right. the family out of poverty, right? And you've missed that window because of this kind of fi- false accusation. Where is that leaving? Right, that's true. I mean, uh, look at—I uh, think it was Dr. Dre's daughter, right? Said so she was living mm-hmm. in, in her car because he wouldn't give her any money. He wouldn't help take care of her or anything like that, right? So she damaged his reputation. Yeah, yeah, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You got XYs going in on comedians right now. Uh, getting ready to do a tour with one of the comedians. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Kevin Hart's wife. Kevin Hart's wife, yeah. With Cat Williams, yeah. 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 And and we all I think you all we all remember this case here, right? For Michael Irvin. Yeah. Um 
where it said that, uh, you know, uh, that he had apparently uh, violated a woman in a hotel and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah sexually assaulted a woman in a hotel. And mm-hmm. it was on, on multiple cameras. It just wasn't on one of multiple cameras. Right. Uh, two men uh, were in the lobby the night of the Hall of Fame wide receiver Michael Irvin was accused of misconduct. The female employee said Wednesday didn't see th- that they didn't see him do anything wrong and that this brief interaction with the woman appeared friendly, you know, but this is corroborated by video evidence as well. Right. And in response, Irvin filed a hundred million dollar defamation lawsuit against a Jane Doe and Marriott International, alleging uh, that a false misconduct uh, claim on February 5th caused him to be kicked out of the Renaissance Phoenix downtown hotel and removed from the NFL's network Super Bowl week coverage. I mean, how is this woman uh, continue to be a Jane Doe? You see what I mean? That's that's why this is important. Her name should be out there. She'd have she'd have the same kind of risk that that man just took. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But they don't generally have to suffer these kinds of uh, punishments. So again, you know, no evidence often required. Um, statements made that that are injurious to the person in question, especially for black males. And much of the time, you know, it can be very difficult for us to respond in lawsuits. A lot of us don't have the means to do so. And this is one of the reasons I think a lot of cases never make it to not only court, but to the public eye, because, you know, people don't always always have the means to uh, defend themselves in certain respects. And this is uh, this is what happens, you know, so it just kind of disappears and whatever. So, you know, um, now. I think Ray Knowles brought this up a little earlier, the Trevor, Trevor Bauer case. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see him there. Yeah. Woman in question. Um, right. So uh, try to get in on his 51 million Lindsay Hill lawsuit against Trevor Bauer settled for zero dollars. Former NBL, MLB, excuse me, star shows alleged receipts to prove extortion plot. And if I remember correctly, oh, let me just, I'll read this first paragraph now. From L.A. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer and Lindsey Hill, the San Diego woman who first accused him of S.A., which led to an unprecedented 324-game suspension from Major League Baseball, settled their civil lawsuits outside of court with no money exchanged between the two parties. But Bauer has kept alleged receipts, and in a video posted to social media, he points to an alleged extortion attempt by Hill. And I think one of the, the part of the crux of his response was she videoed herself the morning after while he was still asleep in bed, if I remember correctly. And she mm-hmm. was a lark. You know, she was videotaping herself and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, these charges came out of the blue as far as he was concerned. And we see the impact it had on his career. Yeah. I mean, Kiki Palmer and, and her boyfriend. Same thing. I, mean, you know, I mentioned him a little They mentioned him a little bit earlier, but I didn't go in, in, into any depth. So if you want to, you know, remind. Yeah, people- I mean, yeah, basically what she did was she she took the. uh security footage right that was inside the house she took still shots that made him look bad (laughs) and she got a restraining order just on still shots wow when when in fact she was actually assaulting him right when the full video was released released yeah he was she he was the one being assaulted Assaulted, yeah now so how much jail time did she do (laughs) he still has a restraining order on him Yeah. So nothing. Nothing. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep firing these. You guys, you know, uh, you're welcome to give your opinions about them, but um, I'm just putting them up so we can see them. Some of you guys remember this Long Island case 
This article is dated August 26, 2020. Long Island woman who made false rape claims denied probation reduction. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Connecticut judge denied a request to cut short probation for a Long Island woman convicted of falsely accusing two former Sacred Heart University football players of raping her four years ago. Uh, a judge in Bridgeport denied a bid by uh, Nikki Yovino of South, uh, I don't know, what is that? <laughs> Sadiket, New York? <laughs> Sadiket, I don't know. Uh, to reduce uh, her three years of probation by half after she served one year in prison following followed by 16 months of probation. And this is what they get. Mm-hmm. She falsely accused two men mm-hmm. and, and, and she got one year in prison and 16 months of probation. Right. Now, what would they have gotten if they got convicted? Exactly. Yeah. Under the jail. Under the jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yovino, then 19, was sentenced to three years in prison with the final two suspended. Look at that. Suspended in August 2018 after pleading guilty ahead of two trials to two counts of second degree falsely reporting an, in, an, an, an incident and one count of interfering with police in the encounter at a booze filled party. She told police in 2016 that two football players at the college in Fairfield forced her to have sex in a bathroom in a basement of a house during a football club party in Bridgeport. Police said Yovino claimed that the football players who have since left the university held her down before essaying her. Both men later admitted to having sex with her, but contended the encounter was consensual. Three months later, Yovino admitted that she made up the accusation during an interview with a police detective at her Long Island home. Um, she admitted that she made up the allegation of SA against the football players because it was the first thing that came to mind. Wow. She didn't want to lose another male student as a friend and potential boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yep. An arrest warrant affidavit, state, affidavit states. Right? Old, the old Emmett tells yeah. me, right? I don't, want, I don't want to lose my husband or my boyfriend, so I'm going to actually accuse you of something that I wanted. Exactly. She uh, she thought the encounter might make the other student angry and sympathetic to her. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe these were two brothers uh, that were accused, but they don't show those pictures in this article. But I've seen others. I think she accused two brothers. But, uh, yeah, she was walking in the jungle and she wanted you know, that experience. At a, at a certain point, we we've got to start. Uh, we've got to start putting together campaigns against some of these prosecutors and the judges like where where they are where in places where they're elected and bring up these cases and be like hey look why should you be there because you had a false allegation case you really didn't punish the person that had put out the false allegation you haven't really made it right with the person that was falsely accused like mm-hmm. we've got to start just having like campaigns we just bring that up like repeatedly because yeah. there's like these cases across the country where where you know like like we just saw on the one you show the the lady she got basically a slap on the wrist and it's talking about let let me get a reduction on probation not jail time yeah but on probation but on probation yeah Yeah, just just like the brick lady she's done this three times okay yeah how how can she do this three times okay right the exact same thing who are the three other times with the the police the judges the prosecutors that were involved that just said like eh whatever and, and hand waved away those are kind of folks that that need to be we, we need to have campaigns against to say like hey you can't be in office because you can't equitably represent everyone you know i do remember i remember antonio moore said something years ago that 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 really you know hit me in the face he said if women were actually treated like men in the law enforcement industry and especially in courts, there wouldn't be enough prisons to hold them. So I think some of this dismissal of women's behavior 
comes down to there literally not being the, the enough facilities to house them. If they were tra- if they were given the same sentences men were, and we know they generally get about sixty three percent of the sentences that men get for the same crimes, but that's part that might be part of the reason behind some of this. But I also think there's a a public sensibility, a public belief in female inherent female innocence and goodness. And yeah, he, I, I call, I call he, cap on that because when 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 there's never a complaint, we don't have enough infrastructure to lock up black dudes. No, there's black men and boys. They they find some place. They will build a jail. They'll convert a warehouse. Whatever. They'll find somehow to lock us up and throw away the key. It don't matter. Reason, they no, they always got space right. for it. You're right. But the reason I say that is because you'll notice that you'll find black women will even get their hands slapped. So so we we're talking about white women that don't get punished. But then you'll see black women that don't get punished. And and you know for years I was like, what is this about? Yeah. But I do think there are a number of factors involved. Um, but should it be happening? Hell no. They should actually pay for what they've done. Go ahead, BJS. Yeah, I, I think I think you did a story a long time ago about the uh, the, the 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 husband that came home and, and saw his wife cheating. Oh God! And she shot him and and, and broke his jaw with a bullet. And he was in a you know he was fighting for his life and she, uh, she got probation. Matter of fact, if I remember that case correctly, yeah, she she got out of jail, yeah, before he got out the hospital. He did, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know what? Actually, um, let me let me do this real quick verbally. Uh, Wrench Turner, I put that up a little second ago. Appreciate that donation. Is paying my blackmail av- advocacy tax. Salute to Doc BGS. Appreciate that, Ray Knowles. Three newest members of the Justice League, Dr. T, Dr. GG, and Dr. Neil. <laughs> you all. Appreciate that. Uh, and then Guy Incognito, appreciate the sport. He says, don't kiki, dude. <laughs> don't waste don't waste that good hair. Yeah, like, I, just I, trifecta. I heard that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't take y'all nowhere, man. I swear. <laughs> uh, Mr. FBA, appreciate that. He says, remember, I remember I served 10 years on false accusations. God damn. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. For 10 years on false accusations, use me as a warning to save text, convo, and practice Jeez. discipline. You never, uh, it says, you never when it will, you never know when it'll save your life. Real talk. I remember that. I remember that story. My God, Mr. FBA. Damn, man. Wow. Uh, I did not remember that. Damn. Um, Soul Survivor says, Nate Parker comes to mind on top of the countless false accusations like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was what twenty years later, you know, yeah. he tried to ruin his mm-hmm. reputation. Yeah, and this was before he was a celebrity. This is when he was a college student. Yeah, yeah. And the jury was all white. Yeah. So you know how exactly you know he he gets off. I mean, really, with all of that working against him, it's pretty safe to say he had to be innocent to get out of that. Because there's no yeah. way a white jury right. in Philadelphia is going to look at a black kid who isn't famous and have no reason to defend him and let him go. Yeah, right. but. But but the but the the women that sued him, you know, the black women actually pointed this out that she tried to ruin his reputation. Should have been sued, or should should have like say at least been put on a registry. Okay, yeah, at least, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so this one is coming out of the Guardian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, dated August uh, 2017. Woman jailed for 10 years for making series of false rape claims. Genevieve, 25, from West London, invented four separate incidents of sexual assault, one of which led to man being wrongfully convicted. All right. 
Um, so I'm not going to go through this in depth, uh, but I'll put the link in there. Anybody? Did anyone remember, say something? Remember, remember the, the 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 black guy that went to prison for like 20 years because a white woman dreamed yep. that mm-hmm. she was, yeah that he assaulted her. Absolutely. And on her word, okay, mm-hmm. he went to prison for 20 years, even though he was no he didn't even know the lady was didn't nowhere near the lady. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is this is how vulnerable men are to accusation and more most particularly black men and so we're trying to you know create responses to that vulnerability um so this one is coming out of uh east ida oh east Ida. okay the way it came together i didn't see it east idaho news.com well, a woman charged after detectives say she falsely accused man of rape uh, this is august 31st 2021 bingham county <coughs> courthouse Tina Sheehan Leeson, 21, is charged with felony perjury and is expected to make her initial court appearance Thursday. Charging documents alleged Leeson lied while in court last year when she said a man raped her. Uh, she, uh, she reportedly told the police that Dimitri Antoine Harris. Now you tell me what race he is. <laughs> really, really, Doc? <laughs> really? <laughs> Stop profiling, Doc. I'm just saying, man. You show me a white dude named Dimitri Antoine Harris, and I'll shake his hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With blonde hair, blue eyes, right? And, and from from the ghetto, okay. No, Doc. He's I I want to make sure that he got a quality name, right? Oh man, a ghetto baby name, huh? Oh, Doc, he's Mexican. Okay. (laughs) Dimitri Antoine Harris. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. Anyway, 27 raped her following an argument that occurred after they had consensual sex at her Blackfoot apartment. Harris was charged and arrested for felony rape and felony battery with intent to commit a serious felony. During August 2020 preliminary hearing, she was placed under oath and accused Harris of raping her. Then just weeks later, District Judge Darren Simpson dismissed the charges against Harris after prosecutors said the alleged victim has admitted to detectives that her allegations of rape were not truthful. Wow. Affidavit of probable cause obtained by East Idaho News indicates that in the weeks following the 2020 preliminary hearing, Lisan uh, went to Bingham County Sheriff's Detective and she said she lied about the rape and that it never happened. What if she didn't have a, a, a conscience? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the thing about it is, if she doesn't have a conscience, it just goes down as an, another man, especially a black man who committed uh, an act of rape. Yeah. So, so when you have these cases and we see these, you know, these results, if she doesn't come forward or if there isn't evidence to exonerate him, like video or text evidence, yeah, he's just another, you know, aggressor. And that's it. And that's how. And, and so when we look at the data, we look at st- the statistics regarding arrest and the kinds of crimes involved, especially if they had to do with sexual assault. The assumption has to be on paper that all the men who are incarcerated for it are guilty unless she comes forward or there's new evidence. Short of that. That's it. This is what we're dealing with. You almost have to have a, have a sign a contract to have sex with her. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Like the Chappelle show skit. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, I said like the Chappelle show skit with the, the whatever the contract was. The contract hit all the options that the lady had to, to check off. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And that mess was hilarious, but he was he was right. It's it's pretty much gotten to that point. Um let me see. So I'm gonna I got three more that I'll just kind of show up. And again. We're not going Didn't the, weren't there two football players that they they got accused of 
uh, they had a false allegation of 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 great, but they had like like video. a text message or a video or something like that with the lady beforehand. In New, New Mexico, they actually she they met her in a bar. She actually gave consent on uh, on video. Yeah, yeah. And they still arrested the two guys. You know, they, they, they knew, one guy did thirty days in jail. Wow. Wow. Um. Okay. So you guys see this one here. This is the Guardian again. Uh, this one is dated uh, March of 2023. Eleanor Williams jailed for eight and a half years after grape and trafficking lies. Okay, I think this was. I think I might have pulled this one up before. I think this was not was not representative of what we're talking about. But let me see. Um, okay, hold on. Um, I don't remember if this is the wrong one. Let me see. A woman is jailed for eight and a half years after being found guilty of lying about being raped and trafficked by an Asian grooming gang. No, this was a different one. I haven't run across this one. A gr- an Asian grooming gang? Damn. And yeah, that, that story's crazy, Doc. I was just pulling them together, you know, and I was, you know, but this one, I didn't, I didn't read through. Um, is making false uh, grape claims against a series of other men. Eleanor Williams, 22, from Barrow and Furness, was convicted in January of nine counts of perverting the course of justice. Sentencing her at Preston Court, Crown Court on Tuesday, the judge said her allegations were complete fiction and criticized her for showing no significant signs of remorse. Now, now that's an interesting part of this as well. Um, how many women show remorse for lying on men? Hmm. Right. How much remorse do you have? I mean, how many times have you seen the uh, the judge shows about the DNA of the kid? Mm-hmm. The, oh. the man is not the father. How many women do you now? Even if you see her breaking the tears, she's not breaking into tears because of how she injured him. Nope. Into tears because she's embarrassed and got caught. And got caught. And the judge yeah. always asks, "Do you know who the father is?" You know, right. He always says yes. He always says yes. Yeah. I mean, we act like that hasn't been a thing because, I mean, Mari, he, his whole show became just about the false paternity yes. claims like that was that was the entire thing. Yes. Yes. Um, and matter of fact, I think BGS, you had mentioned the other day about I can't I haven't found it, but I, I've seen it a couple of times. What was that? The white the white dude when they found oh, yeah. the father, it, he did five it, years, it, it, five in years in jail. That was actually on paternity court. We yes, he did five years in prison and it had been it still been in and out of jail. For uh, for child support, right? Had been asking for a DNA test for like three or four years, oh. never get one. And then when it finally came up, guess what? He was not the father. And guess what she said at the very end? Do you know who who the child's father is? She said, "Yeah, I still talk to to this day." Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as this case, it says her claims went viral during lockdown in May 2020 when she posted photographs of herself on Facebook covered in shocking bruises, mm-hmm. a black eye, and a partially severed finger. She said she had been beaten and made to attend sex parties by evil yet clever Asian men, mm. mostly Pakistani business owners. The allegation soon spread far beyond Cumbria and sparked a global solidarity campaign, Justice for Ellie, with more than 100,000 Facebook members. It, and see, that, 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 that violated white woman image, it oh, resonates yeah. with a lot of people. Um, it had its own line of merchandise. <laughs> Damn it. Had its own line of merchandise featuring <laughs> a purple elephant and prompted rallies all over the UK amid allegations of a police cover up. God damn. Mm-hmm. 
Cumbria police recorded 151 crimes linked to the case in 2020, including malicious communications and harassment, as well as criminal damage and public order offenses. Hate crimes tripled in Barrow that summer. In a letter to the judge on Tuesday, Williams maintained her innocence, but said she was sorry and devastated at how her Facebook post affected Barrow. I understand that it's your job to believe the jury's verdict, and that's okay. I know I had made some mistakes. I'm sorry. I know it's no excuse, but I was young and confused. I was young and confused. I was always young. I'm not saying I'm guilty, but I know I've done wrong on some of this, and I'm sorry. I'm devastated at the trouble that was, that's been caused in Barrow. If I knew what consequences would have come from the status, I would never have posted it. Um, judge held limited responsibility for the community tensions resulting from the Facebook posts. Some community impact was foreseeable, but he said the consequences of her lies for the criminal justice system were far reaching, adding there is, there is a risk that genuine victims will be reluctant as a result of this to come forward. What about victims of the false accusations? You see what I mean? You see that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Believe, believe all women, right? Yeah. Uh, despite the focus on Asian groomers, by the time Williams made her Facebook post, she had been charged with multiple counts of perverting the course of justice. These included making false grape claims against three young white men, one of whom, Oliver Gardner, simply had the misfortune to ask her for a light in the street. Oh, damn. Wow, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told was, you this was a wild one. Wasn't playing, man. Damn. Dude, I wasn't expecting this roller coaster. Another Jordan Trengove spent 73 days in prison on remand after she falsely accused him of raping and drugging her at knife point. But Williams reserved her wildest allegations for Barrow businessman Mohammed Ramzan, uh, known locally as Mo Rami. Ramzan, now 43, told Preston Crown Court he had only met Williams once, briefly at a family party. Williams said he was, in fact, the head of an international grooming gang wow. who at first had sex with her uh, at age 12 or 13 and then Ooh, trafficked wow. her and dozens of other girls around Northwest England and wow. abroad. Wow. Trengrove, Gardner, and Ramsen all said they tried to kill themselves as a result of being yeah. falsely accused. Yep. Yep. Trengrove and Ramsen were in court on Tuesday to see Williams sentenced outside court juries. Or jurors uh, who had been invited to return for the hearing hugged the men and shook their hands. This is wow, wow. Imagine if they were black. This is William exactly. This is mm -hmm. William had, and, and that's even in England, you know. Oh yes. <laughs> Williams had six mobile phones she used to create fake identities and manipulated the Snapchat accounts of real men she had met via the dating app Tinder. Wow. Subscribers to her accounts on OnlyFans, the erotic photo sharing site, to make them look like they were Asian abusers. Wow. Police were able to prove that one Snapchat account that purported to belong to Trengrove and which seemed to be goading her about the grapes had, in fact, been created using the Wi Fi at the Williams family home on Walney Island in Barrow. Yeah. Just... Yeah. That's... If you give people unchecked power, and then turn around and act surprised that they use it yeah. like this. I don't understand. Shout out yeah. to her and Greg. Appreciate that support. Uh, Dr. Thunder, look, innocent tax. <laughs> this is God damn, man. Um, and shout out to MS Delta. This is a white female Italian colleague mentioned to me that her sons are not dating. She was saddened with what happened in society concerning dating and mating. She wants grandkids. Hey, yeah, well. 
Or she, she needs to join the join the party and she do something about this kind of stuff. Now, now you know you're on to something when you actually draw out Black Uru. So Black yeah. Uru came through, he says, want to really F with black and white feminists and liberals, name it the Emmett Till False Allegation Registry. <laughs> mm. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take you seriously on that. Um yeah. But this is this is absolutely ridiculous, man. This is ridiculous. This this is a this is an obscene amount of power to give to an entire gender mm-hmm. with no culture of evidence required. You know, no accountability. No none, and and no uh, no recourse for the victim. And they have video of this woman buying hammers in the store. You know what? I'm gonna let y'all read the rest of this on your own. If you, yeah, you know, I'll put again. I'll put the link in the chat. I mean, in the uh, description box. But here, here's one. I'm just, I'm just. Somebody just sent me this one, right? But uh, uh, about this, this wife, right? I make four times more than my husband earns. He later admitted he was jealous of me being a breadwinner. Okay, haven't even heard his his side. What is his reputation gonna be like? Wait, read it again. What happened? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. Let's see. Uh, this is this is in Business Insider, right? I make four times more money than my husband earns. He later admitted he was jealous of me being a being the breadwinner. Okay, with okay. it, we don't. That's her side of the story. Okay. okay. So, in other words, your name is out there. You ruining his reputation. Right. What if it didn't go down like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. She's the only one that gets to tell her story. She's the only one that gets to tell her story. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. The the last two, it looks like they won't. Uh, I have to have an uh, you know an, a paid account with them. Um, so I got access to it yesterday, but I think after that, you know, it flagged me, so I can't access it. Um, but I'll leave it there. I think the last one took the cake anyway, okay. and I think it really proved the point we're making uh, that this has just gone far enough. Right. And it speaks to the accusation economy that I was talking about a few shows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. If you didn't, if you didn't see that, go check it out. The accusation economy. Um, I'm not sure who first used the term, but the first time I heard it was in the video I played in that show. And it was a white millionaire who was talking about how dangerous it is in regard to women making false accusations against, you know, uh, men with means, because often it was clearly to, you know, siphon some of those means for themselves. Right. Um, but this is something that impacts not just celebrities and millionaires. Uh, the the aspect of it that I'm interested in in regard to this 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 what we're putting on the 18 point agenda is the impact it has on everyday men. I mean, we see the news on celebrities and athletes. We see the news on millionaires even sometimes. But I'm talking about the guys who lost their jobs because of an inter office false accusation. I'm talking about. Uh, something in regards to like we saw with some of the football players who were in college, right? The women who used false accusations to get back at men that they had sex with, but the men didn't want relationships with them right, or, right. He, or an accusation that he cheated, whether true or not. And here's the thing I keep pushing. I don't give a damn if it's true. I don't give a damn if it's true. Nobody deserves to go to jail just because you got your feelings hurt that someone cheated on you. And if you doubt yep. that, reverse the genders and think about it. Your woman cheats on you. You know what I mean? Um, does how many men send her to jail for having cheated? 
what would the public sentiment be that she went to jail because she cheated? But women are women get real comfortable with men being punished, even under false pretenses, as long as the idea that he cheated is somewhere in there. But if you send a woman to jail for the same thing, now it's a problem. The reality is nobody should be going to jail because somebody cheated. That's just a relationship issue. You break up, you move on. Men being punished behind this and this being used as a form of retribution with unchecked the way it is, whether it's revenge, retribution, uh, whether it's a shakedown of a, a company for a settlement mm. uh, or for, polit- for political or career advancement. All of these things serve as motivations on a day to day level and they don't make the newspaper. They don't always end in multi-million dollar settlements or whatever. It, a lot of these cases never make the light of day. But I can bet you there are plenty of men, as we've already read in the comments of this very show, that can tell you stories about being directly impacted by, you know, uh, these kind of low level accusations, false accusations. So this is a this is a form of a proxy power, you know, political power that women are able to yield without redress without pushback and men literally just go from one environment to another, just trying to, you know, avoid it and survive it if they've been falsely accused. And there needs to be some kind of pushback to this that offers um, some disincentive for people who are willing to do this, knowing that nine times out of 10, they're not even going to be named to the public. You know what, doc, if, if I had the money and I had the expertise to do so, I would do a re I would, put together like a big research document and I would call it the accusation industrial complex. And in that paper, I would track all the money that's generated and changes hands based upon these allegations. And then how much money is lost in the economy Mm. based off these allegations, Mm. how much money is generated in the court systems, how many jobs are created by this and how many jobs are, ruined by this like yeah. put some actual numbers yeah. on it and to show how impactful this is yeah it's it's generated an economy you're absolutely right but you're not allowed to point that out because you're accused of attacking the victim and you know but when we have evidence that this happens they just kind of sweep it under the rug because the public does not know, and I've been saying this for years, they do not know how to account for female acts of evil. They don't. So they ignore it. And as a matter of fact, if you see a female murderer, one of the first questions you'll hear people ask in the comments of an article or whatever, or a public post about it, is who hurt her, what happened for her to be in this situation, and the presumption that is that it's a man. So somehow a retroactive boogeyman from her past becomes responsible for her behavior in in terms of an act that she's verifiably committed. And I see this all the time whenever I post on female murderers, especially if they've killed a boyfriend or a husband. The assumption is, well, he must have been beating her. Or what happens if he was just asleep? Mm, Yeah. And she was mad at him. Or she she assumed Mm -hmm. one man got killed. I reported on this a few shows ago. One man got killed because his phone rang and it was a woman calling and Mm -hmm. she killed him just for that. Oh, remember, remember, remember the, uh, the, uh, the, the, I think it was in, uh, was it in D- Detroit or Milwaukee when, uh, a, a guy was going, going to the Walmart, right? Walking to Walmart and left his phone in the car and it texted him. It was a woman on the text. She went over uh, him and another guy and killed him. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, she uh she would drove the vehicle up. Yeah, she yeah, had yep. another guy coming out the the grocery store. Yeah, yep. out, of, out of the store. Yeah. Yep. So you know, and and, and you and if you really look into it, some of these people are just walking around doing their daily thing right now. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I covered some cases tonight where women were you know going to jail, being held accountable, and we're not saying that that doesn't happen. But I think we agree that that doesn't happen. First of all, that if they're sentenced, they're not given the same sentence as men get. And much of the time, they're not sentenced at all. And none of that speaks to the cases where there either wasn't, you know, some clear evidence or, you know, a, a woman who, you know, felt guilty and stepped forward. If she didn't feel guilty and there wasn't any evidence, you know, um, it, it just went unchecked. And many of those men lost college uh, careers. They lost that, you know. Uh, athletic careers, professional careers, many of them went to jail and their lives are permanently upended behind this. Mm. Um, so any any last statements, fellas, anything you guys want to drop on this? I think this, is, this, I think this is re- very much needed. You know, uh, a lot of white guys were trying to get onto this because, um, you know, they get accused all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and women use this as a tactic, like the, in child support cases and the um, you know, child molestation of child cruelty, you know, uh, without any evidence. Um, in, in fact, uh, like I said, dead set animals going through the same thing. Yeah. No evidence. She will lie, cheat, steal, and and uh, and then come to court and he would prove all this stuff. And guess what? The judge would throw it all out. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this is what I think is so cold about what Douglas presented. It's yeah. still, it's still a, a measure of accountability. Even if you don't have a court case that you win where there's clearly a judgment made on your behalf, there's accountability still there. Mm-hmm. It, 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 will leverage. it'll spare the next guy because uh, nine times out of ten, that the woman will actually do it again mm. with yeah. something else. Yeah. Especially I, IG models do this all the time. Um, They'll say that some some guy slipped into her DMs and he was saying some salacious salacious stuff and actually posted Mm -hmm. and ruined his reputation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Says anything? As bad black gamer says, you deserve to lose your life if you cheated on her. My ex honestly believes it was okay for a cheating man to pay with his life. This is common. So, so is it okay for a woman to actually pay with her life for doing not at all? That's Mm -hmm. that's the public has outrage. But last thing I was going to say on this and and, and nod to both of you, um, Mm -hmm. but particularly Douglas on this, is I like how uh, how it's flexible. And I was saying this at the beginning of the show. Uh, If you're a man that's dating a woman you just met and you find her name on this registry Mm -hmm. um, based on the, the type of case involved and what she actually did, that can give you pause. It can give you an opportunity to think mm-hmm. about whether you want to go further, but it also can apply to a corporate job. It can it it can apply to a mom and pop job. If you owned a gas station and had an employee yep. there that you know has has been had to register on this, that would impact whether or not you're going to hire this person because you know the kind of damage they can do to a small business, a large business, or an yeah. individual person in a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I salute I salute you, Douglas, because this is this is extremely flexible. And it uses the same thing that uh, cancel culture uses, public sentiment, you know, as a, as a, a de-incentivizing uh, uh, mechanism to make people really pause. Yeah. Or hopefully before they make false accusations, because there is a measure of accountability that can follow you the rest of your life. 
Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Look at Absolutely. Jonathan Look at Jonathan Majors, right? This case pops up. Now four other women are saying the exact same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he may not have even done anything. Right. And, it's, and especially again, if you're dealing with a man of perceived means, we're going to act like there's no motivation yeah. for people to come forward. We're going to act like that, that, you know, this is all done in the light of justice and for the purpose of justice. But the fact that, that he might have resources that they can get very easily with a, with a false claim, with no evidence, there's no evidence. Yeah. And their names often don't even have to be included. That's a money that can just as easily be a money grab. We also start yep. suing the newspapers for actually posting this stuff. Okay. With no evidence. Right. That's an accusation. Yep. Yep. Put it in every courthouse, put it in every Mm -hmm. public school, make it, you know, they have to announce the updates, you know, with the county board meeting, whatever. I mean, the the same way they do with, you know, people that are convicted of of sexual crimes. Mm -hmm. It should be the same way with false allegations because you are you are a danger to the the fabric of a community. You're a danger to society. People should be able to know who they're living uh, next to who they're working with, who they're potentially dating and bringing into their home and have around their family and friends, because that can do the, a false allegation. Somebody that falsely uh, uh, accuses people of that kind of thing can do just as much damage or more yeah. than somebody that actually commits those type of things, mm. you know? So it's, 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 it's imperative to to have that. Cause that's, that's really the only real protection that you have is, is, is knowing up front, you know, now what you do after that, if you choose to go for it, I mean, that's on you, but you, well, you, you got to at least be able to know. Yeah. And in this digital age, nothing goes away. Well, and think, think about this too. It, it, one of the things I've talked about is I've ran into lawyers who would tell me how they've, they've actually counseled women during a divorce to suggest that a man has, has actually molested his own children as part of a, a method for getting uh, custody and child support, right? Now, if you were to go to jail for such a crime, and I think this goes to what Douglas was saying a moment ago, what is likely to happen to you in prison if you're, if you're, if you're incarcerated for having molested a child? Most particularly that's, in the false pretenses, but, you know, people in jail. That's your life. Know, that's your life. If nothing else, you might end up experiencing exactly what you were incarcerated for, regardless of your innocence, mm-hmm. simply because the accusation was made. And, and cast in jail generally don't play with that, especially if it has to do with kids. They pretty mm-hmm. much don't like that. You know, so if you're innocent of it, imagine this and all of it coming about just because she's trying to get custody and child support. Yeah. But if it's found that you're innocent, she gets a slap on the hand and we move forward like nothing happened. If she gets a slap on the hand. If. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, that way, regardless of whether or not one is able to even take a court to, uh, case to court or whether they win or, you know, whatever may happen as a result of that, if it's verified and documented that a false accusation has been made, a false allegation, then, yeah, that person should at least be put on the registry, at least be put on the registry. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Broken Blade. He says, "Hell, we can start this on a grassroots level. Create a blog or website specifically for those uh, for these women's names and accusations. It's at least a starting point." And I think that goes to something compassion. Compassion is said a little earlier. Is it legal to organize our own database? If you're putting documented 
uh, is it, basically if you're tabulating a series of articles that document false accusations, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not suggesting I know what this is legally, but I don't, you know, if they're documented, that, that shouldn't be illegal. But, uh, you know, I don't know if either one of you know anything about that. Uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just a list. If it's uh, not slander and actually documented, they can't do anything about it. You can make a list. Yeah. So it wouldn't be just people you suspect or people you don't like, even celebrities you don't like. It would have to be documented. Documented, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, guy says, uh, please do a show with lead attorney. He can talk about the divorce lies women make and chilling. Effect. Yeah, he can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He definitely and he does. Um, but um, I'm going to give uh, I'm gonna give both of you an opportunity to close out. Uh, and I really want to thank both of you to, for coming through. Obviously, um, matter of fact, it wasn't even planned for either one to be invited. They just were willing to pop up in the midst of the show. So I really thank them for their flexibility. Um, but, uh, Douglas, why don't you give us a word about, uh, you know, to close out on this, um, and, and know that I thank you in advance for having done all of this. Go ahead. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so, so first off, thank, thanks for having me up just to, to discuss, uh, his points and I'm honored to share the panel with the esteemed BGS. So <laughs> definitely, uh, this will be, uh, probably the highlight of 2024 for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't be afraid. Uh, but uh, I, I guess I want to close out with, hey, I, you know, I'm 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 just a regular guy like, you know, the rest of you guys out there. And, you know, as Doc says, like this whole list, you know, it's created by just regular guys like us. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's not sitting up here and, you know, just coming up with these points, you know, uh, just off the top of his head. I'm sure he's thought about a number of them. But I mean, these these points really come out of our experiences, you know, and our passions of seeing like where there has been injustice and lack of accountability um, and provision for black men and boys. So, uh, you know, like I came up with this point, just like I said, it just kind of hit me out of the blue after watching the YouTube video. And I just came with the right thing. I was like, okay, I need to put this down on paper because this is something that that, that's needed. So, I mean, I know we got way more than 18 points of stuff out there that we could put on there. So I encourage, you know, guys, you know, whatever you think enough come across, you know, just go ahead and hit doc up with it, you know, because there's there's a lot of value in your experiences. So uh, once again, thanks for letting me come up here and talk a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. No, appreciate all you, you both of you guys do. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, let me see. And then uh, I'll give the floor to uh, BGS. Any closing thoughts on this? This is this is why. Remember when I told you that no matter what you think or where, how much trash you think it's going to get, make the list anyway. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to come a time when it's needed. Mm. We're starting to see that. Yeah, where guys are actually getting excited about it because they actually see change. So it's slow, but it's starting to happen. Yeah, starting to get traction. Yeah, um, like I said, I, I wasn't sure, but uh, you know, the last show we did, you know, politician who since reached out to me personally to give me more information about himself. Yes. Um, was very clear. He said he's a, he's part of a cohort uh, with other politicians and they are actively using the blackmail political agenda to advance their position, to to, to determine, you know, the method and the direction they're going to move in strategically uh, in terms of policies they're going to propose. And I keep telling people, if you want blackmail votes, you know, this is this is how you're going to get it, even from black men who've never heard of it. 
once they start reading these policies, you know, it, it's it's infectious. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was listening to uh, Roland Martin. He said Democrats are not doing enough mm-hmm. to keep the black male voting block. Mm hmm. So it's become, you know, especially with, uh, you know, the other side, uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, being this uh, bull in the China shop, they, they need all the votes they can actually get. So this is actually time to make an impact, make make your voices heard. Like I said, I've been hearing more and more brothers talking about, you know, um, what we need to do and, and how we need to start voting on policy. We just yeah. never agreed on what policies yeah. we should be voting on. And I'm yeah. saying, well, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Pick one, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they're there, you know. Um, uh, there is one I want to get. As a matter of fact, if I can get your thoughts on this before you go, it's very short. Okay. There's a video, uh, and this is coming from Killer Mike. Okay. Um, and Killer Mike is proposing something, and I want you guys to determine whether or not you want to add it to the agenda. But um, he's proposing something here that I think uh, deserves a listen. So let's. Killer Mike just got put. He's got putting handcuffs on a, a yeah. security guard's word. Female security guard's word. Oh, female security guard's word. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. I think the solution is this. No matter what. Um, two years. Young woman gets pregnant as a teenager. Young man and woman get pregnant. This is the two-year plan. First two years are debt free. You don't have to pay the government anything back. So she doesn't get to drag him in the court and say, and the court doesn't say you owe us money for investing in your child through food programs, through early Head Start programs. Because in those two years, the boy has the option, or not even the option, he has the demand of the co-man to then go to a trade school. You have to go to a trade school, which incentivize the United States to do it because we need more trades people. We, we do. don't have enough carpenters, we don't have enough electricians, we don't have enough people building roads. In my community, the girls are going to college and graduating. They have no men to marry because the boys are not going to college in the same way. My teachers were married to a tradesman. My teacher who we call doctor, her her her, her husband owns a locksmith company. Her husband was a was a carpenter, was a mechanic. So they had a good life. Their kids went to school right the same schools we went to. I think that the incentive to solving the child support problem and a part of solving our infrastructure problem is to incentivize young boys who have gotten a girl pregnant. You must now go through two years of trade school. Well, wait a minute. So, okay, I like what so you're saying. Let me give you the rest of the answer like, first. Okay, go ahead. As, after that boy graduates, you get a further incentive if you and the girl marry. If you and the girl marry, we'll give you these incentives. Zero finance home loans, something out of HUD besides an apartment with a leaky faucet and rats and roaches in it, but incentivize marriage. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. The good old, fa- good old fashioned uh, shotgun wedding, right? In a sense. <laughs> good old fashioned shotgun wedding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it will solve the problem because he gets an incentive uh, to actually marry her and, and, and actually uh, go get a trade. Mm. Instead of uh, putting him in jail for child support. Yeah. Taking his license away. Yeah. yeah. All those kind of things. But it's going to cost you $40,000 to put him in jail. Okay. Mm. It's going to cost you $10,000 of training. Mm. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. You know, so again, this, this is, I'm, and there's two reasons I played that. One, because I wanted you guys to think about what he's proposing. But two, I also wanted to show you. It, it you know coming up with these ideas may be easier than people think. It just mm-hmm. really may be a matter of us listening to each other. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is this I, this just ran across my desk on Twitter. It wasn't like somebody sent it to me uh, for the agenda, at least not that I remember. But mm-hmm. these are the kind of things we all run into every day. Ideas that may be useful. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, it doesn't have to be something, you know, you spend months studying and researching to decide. It, it could just be an idea that you run across. And if it's a good one and it looks like it might improve the quality of life for black boys and men, which is the only measure we're really using here, yeah. then propose it. Yeah. Basically, uh, Atlanta is giving uh, single mothers with $1,500 a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, how can that money be used to actually incentivize marriage and, and put families back together? As opposed to incentivizing single motherhood and yeah. Not. So he goes to jail. She gets $1,500 a month. What yeah. exactly does that do? Over and, time? And, and, and he's in poverty. She's in poverty. And guess what? The, the kid's in poverty too. Right. Right. So anyway, I appreciate that. Thank you for, for checking that out. Oh, so Douglas says add a mandatory paternity testing is along with it. That is very true. <laughs> and the financial abortion for men, and this could work. Well, we've we've definitely already added that. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we've we've added mandatory paternity testing. Yeah. Financial abortion um uh, to the agenda. Yeah. Which I think he already knows that, but he he's saying that. I think they all work yeah. together. For Killer Mike to actually add paternity testing to his proposal to the president. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Um, because I think there's still some gaps in what what Mike is saying, but I think the idea is, is useful. And I think we need to think along those lines as well. What what do we want the long-term impact of these policies to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we want to improve the quality of life, but are there ways to incentivize people yeah. in various ways that we're not thinking about? So yeah. and he's got he's got a choice. Either you want to live a poor life and being out of jail, or you actually want to go get a trade and attempt to marry this woman and live a better life for you right. and your child. Yeah. They give the women that all the time. You want to go to school, you want to be in poverty. Hey, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Um, damn, I have so many citations on this one. Uh, the, the description box won't even let me put them all in. <laughs> <laughs> look, look what Maggie says. How about if she can't afford a child, she doesn't get custody? Ooh. 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 I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still feeling that one. I'm just like, ooh, wait a minute. We got to chew go, on that one. Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead and pencil that one in, man. That might be something for a further <laughs> review. I like that. <laughs> she can't afford a child. She doesn't get custody. Uh, I, I got to say it lovingly, uh, Maggie. Say it again, white girl. Say it again. <laughs> wow. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Ooh, man. All, right. All right, go ahead and close out, Doc. All right. Well, before you before you go, I did let people know that, that we were probably gonna do a review of American fiction. So once yeah. once we establish the date, I'll put that out there. And again, if you're a ten dollar subscriber on the Patreon, uh you can come through, engage in the discussion. We review the film, dialogue, the whole deal. So hopefully yeah. And then this, this this is your, your expertise in reviewing films just like this. So, well, I haven't seen it yet, so I think I know. Yeah, I think I know which one we talk. Yeah, I, yeah I remember Jeffrey Wright with Jeffrey Wright. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like this that. is right up your alley. And one day we have to do uh, uh what is it? Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what's it called? An old settler. <laughs> <laughs> You are not shit, <laughs> Oh my God. If y'all have not seen Old Set, I had never heard of this movie until BGS, man. Yeah, yeah. Alicia Rashad and her sister, uh, what's her sister's name? Uh, uh, Debbie Morgan? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, not Debbie Morgan, but I think, man, I'm not blanking on her. We all know who she oh, no, is. Oh, no, Debbie, Debbie. Uh, uh, Allen? Debbie Allen, yeah. Debbie Allen, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> two older women, one of them dealing with a younger man. <laughs> what you gonna do when he goes? Oh, I was just gonna one? say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what you gonna do when he wants to go twice <laughs> in the night? <laughs> oh, settler boy, it will, it will change your outlook on what do they call it? Uh, age related, age, oh, relationship. age gap, yeah, age, age gap, gap relationships, yep, man. Because there was very little I heard as a youth growing up about, you know, dating older women. And I dated a lot of them, but I, none of the older men sat me down and explained to me yeah. uh, what the drawbacks were. And that yeah. film does an excellent job of putting it on the table. Boy. Yep. Yep. It's an intro. And it's, and even though it's set, when it's set like the, like the early 20s, the early yeah. the 20th the, century. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the forties or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, man. It raises some interesting questions. <laughs> Every man dealing with an older woman should definitely ask himself. I said, Doc, you got to see this one. <laughs> oh, man. I I only watched it because Felicia Rashad, man, you, you know, but <laughs> that hit me like a baseball bat. I was like, damn. Ugh. Yeah, so I'm down to review it. I'm down. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Anyway, thanks for coming through, man. All right, Doc. All right, man. All right, peace. peace out. Oh, man. Well, uh, give us your thoughts. Let us know uh, what you think about the 18 point. Uh, initially, it was going to be listed under IPV, so it was still going to be 17 points. But once we added reputational damage and paternity fraud, it took it out of the framework of inter uh, of intimate partner violence and, and made it its own point. But again, there are no limitations on the points. We can add as many as uh, we see fit. So, you know, if you got a good idea, Send it to me, hassan.johnson at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, and uh, we'll go through it. And uh, however many we need to add, we add. But again, this is a, a kind of, um, you know, sort of living document and archive for ideas about uh, what will advance us. And it's also an opportunity for us to use these ideas that we've created to actively go out into the political arena and say, you want black male votes? then you actually have to address blackmail needs. And they will always hit you back with, well, what needs are you talking about? And for the first time, we actually have a documented list of them that we can actually pose and put on the table, right? So anyway, appreciate y'all coming through. Give us your thoughts, even those on the replay gang. Let us know your ideas. Let us know what you think about it. Um, and we'll go from there. So, you know, you guys have a, a good night and I will holler at y'all soon. Peace. I am here to tell you, brothers, we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man children, sperm donors, child support wellsprings, excess objects, walking palaces, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unintelligent henchmen, valueless assassins, pro bono mercenaries, unpaid bodyguards, interchangeable stepfathers, child discipline proxies, unpaid repairmen, workforces, emotional tampons, or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype. We are thinkers, inventors, innovators, leaders, fathers, and men. Embrace your humanity, know your worth, and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you. And remember, your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic, selfish, and unrealistic needs. You define your worth. Peace.